Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for the show comes from SoFi Invest. Alternative investments are now available on SoFi. Unlock the potential to build and protect your wealth with alternatives including real estate, venture capital, pre-IPO unicorns, and more at SoFi.com slash Vox. Active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Alternative funds have unique risks, including the risk of loss, may charge high fees, can be illiquid, and may not be suitable for all investors. Prior to investing in any fund, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and important information contained in a fund's prospectus. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. I am Mike Heck, and yes, this is typically a matchmaking show. No, there was not a UFC event this weekend. Yes, it has been a just awful start to 2023 for the sport and a very, very dark month for the sport. But today, we're going to do our very best to try to have a little bit of fun because today, my friends, we're going to do something that I enjoy doing so much. It is one of my favorite shows to do throughout the year. It is the third annual on to the next one predictions extravaganza, as we will attempt to make sense of what this new year, 2023 is going to look like in the space of MMA. But before we get to that, let me introduce the co-pilot, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the Prince of positivity. Boy, can we use some positivity right now? He's also the best friend, Mr. Alexander Kaylee. Hello, AK. Look at this background. Hello, everyone. Wow. I'm, on saf- I'm on safari. I'm on safari, as you can see. Uh, actually, let me just tilt it a little bit. Okay. What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm on safari. That looks a l- just a little bit better. The angle was just slightly off. Uh, yeah. Listen, Mike, we need some positivity. I'm so happy we're doing this show. This is the real, I think, bookend on 2022 for us, I think, for MMA fighting. We've had we've had you we've had our best of lists and everything last week. Jed has been doing some amazing uh year in review stuff this week. We've been doing a bunch of podcasts over the last couple of weeks, again, looking ahead, looking back, uh, best bets. That was great stuff. The the MMA Hour Awards show was phenomenal as always. And I think it's I think you and I are, are in the closer spot, right? I think this is it. I think after this. No more, uh, you know, broad pre- prediction stuff or year end stuff. This is it. We are, we are, we are sealing the deal here. Agreed. Um, yeah. And truth be told, I, the the delay of the show is completely my fault because I have a multiple computer setup here in Command Center 4.0, and normally I'm looking at like exactly where I'm looking because there's the desktop right here, and I usually run everything off this desktop, and then there's another desktop on the other side of the room. But my mouse for this new desktop completely died, like absolutely died. And I couldn't even like click on the link 
to get into this room where the show is being produced right now. So I'm running like two or three different. So I'm looking at this camera that is at this desktop. That's not even working right now because the mouse is not working and everything is off to the right here. So when I look over here, it's cause I can see AK's face in this incredible background that I just cannot take my eye off of. So my fault for the delay, but before we get into everything, I, I do want to say before the show starts, Thoughts and prayers go out to the Lee family after it was revealed on Saturday that 18-year-old super prospect Victoria Lee, the sister of one championship title holder siblings, Angela and Christian, golly, man, just just passes away and the cause of death is unknown. But Angela Lee said in a statement it happened right around Christmas time and AK, just, just awful, awful news again. Thoughts and prayers to the Lee family, friends, training partners, anybody whose lives that she touched. Just so sad, AK. Just when we think maybe the news cycle might turn somewhat around and it hasn't seemed that, it just it just gets worse hearing a story like this. So before we get into this, I wanted to turn it over to you and, and get your thoughts on just this horrendous news. Yeah, we've had a lot of awful news lately. This was awful news of a different kind. Uh, it just seems like we're uh, the MMA community is just getting it from all angles right now in just the worst possible way. Uh, so shocking. I had been – this was kind of a vacation week for me. I'd, I'd been working a little bit, but um, a bit of a vacation week, which meant I'd sort of been able to stay away from social media. A, lo- a big part of our work is, is staying obviously staying active on social media and paying attention to news stories. So it wasn't until I sort of randomly logged on, I think shortly after the – the Victoria Lee news broke out uh, and I just saw people commenting on it. I wasn't sure what they meant. I, I don't know if they meant another Victoria Lee. And then sure enough, you know, I went to, to go check all the other, um, see our, what our community was saying. And, and, and it was her and it was just horrible. Um, Mike, I don't know if you've interviewed anyone from the Lee family. I think I've, I've interviewed both Angela and uh, Christian. And yeah, they're just top class people. And um, to it, it is unfathomable. It's... <sighs> It, it, it really just put a damper on, again, what has already been a tough time. Um, so much potential, just 18 years old. We, we People have been writing stories about Victoria since she was 16 years old. So in a way, she's sort of been growing up with the, with uh, with us and with the MMA community. And it's just, it was so unbelievable. Like I said, I, I, did, I, I just wanted to think it was, I don't know, wrong or that it was just I mean, if it was any 18 year old, it would have been horrible. But again, much less someone that we feel feel some sort of ties to. And um, who knows where her, her life could have gone, whether it was becoming a world champion MMA fighter or, or leaving MMA and doing something else. We'll, we'll never know. And um, that part of it is just is just horrible to think of. And of course, uh, all the, the pain that her family and loved ones is going through. So uh, we can only, you know, hope for peace and, and uh, uh, some sort of um, some sort of reconciliation moving forward with this kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I think I think everyone's feeling this one. Yeah, a hundred percent. Just very tough to to transition from from that news, but we're gonna try. And for those who ha- have not listened or seen this particular show that we do, here's how it works. And let me just say this: big shout out and thank you to the fantastic Otno viewers and listeners because you all came through in a huge way. For the last several weeks, we have asked for your prediction questions and. Good Lord, did you guys ever deliver? The first round of the show, we're going to answer a whole bunch of these questions. These are buy-sell questions that you guys have sent along, some over the last few weeks when we asked for them. Some have been doing it throughout the year because I was doing the show before even MMA fighting. And 
the, the questions will pop up on the screen. We will give our predictions, our takes on them. We will buy or sell them. We have seen these questions in theory, but they have been narrowed down. They have been selected by our absolute savage 3024 producer, EKC Leiden. So we actually don't know which questions are going to be popping up on the screen. We'll go through about 25 to 30 of these, one would think. And then after that, we will then predict who will end the year as UFC champions in each weight class. And finally, we will each give our We Caliente prediction for 2023, something really outside the box, something that probably shouldn't come true, but it could. And if it does come true, then we look like absolute geniuses. So AK, my best friend, are you ready to do this? I'm shifting over to the screen now so I can actually see what is happening here. Uh, but are you ready? I'm, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. I'm a little scared. I saw we I saw some of these, but I don't know. I don't know if I can, if I, if I'm ready to to give our bold predictions because I think we did the recap recently, Mike, and we actually, you know, we did okay. We were, I think, we did respectable with some of our buy sells. Uh, some of them way off, and uh, I, I can't remember our bold predictions, but we'll deal with the consequences later. Exactly. All right, Casey. What is the first question? Oh, buy or sell mm, that course. John Jones will retire by the end of 2023, AK. He hasn't had a fight, and we're, we're sniffing over I – mean, it's been a long time since John Jones has fought. It's been a very, very long time. All this talk about moving to heavyweight. Body is obviously at a heavyweight frame right now. There's all this talk, some positivity, if you will, behind a France and Ghana versus John Jones fight possibly as early as March of this year. But could it be that before 2023 is over, John Jones just says, I'm out of here. I'm done. I think we're going to be saying this with a lot of these questions, Mike, and maybe some of our own uh, predictions that it's 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 maybe a year ahead. So get used to that. That could be a theme of some of these questions. It, it could be a year ahead because I don't think he retires at the end of this year, assuming he even fights, assuming he even fights. Uh, actually, I should say whether he fights or if he doesn't fight, he's definitely going to drag on – uh, this non-retirement for another year. For some reason, we don't see him fight in uh, the next 12 months. And if he does fight, I think that'll, you know, that'll keep his gears moving a little bit enough to push him back into one more year of competition. If someone said, uh, I see already a comment saying uh, 2024 from Kink Panther in the in the YouTube comments. And I agree. I think 2024, uh, by end of 2024, would be more realistic. 2023 is sort of more the, again, if he fights, the comeback year or more of this dragging on and us at MMA fighting writing articles like John Jones says he's he's ready to fight in April. John Jones says he's come for the heavyweight title in, in November in Madison Square Garden. And then uh, maybe it never happens. But uh, 2023, a little too soon. So that's a, that's a sell for me. This is just one of those weird questions where like how do you how do you define this? Because <laughs> it does it count as a retirement if John Jones tweets out at any point this year that I'm done? Like does it count? Does that count AK? Like if he just tweets out at any point this year that he's retiring, even if we don't 100% feel like he's going to, does this count? What was the uh, what was the wording of the question again? Can we Okay. Will retire. It will yeah, retire. It, not not will be retired. It does not say will be retired by the end of twenty three. Will he will he at some point retire by the end of twenty? Uh, I'm buying it if we are accepting the fact that at some point this year he will say he's done. What Whether if he deletes he is, it? Well, what if he tweets and deletes it? What's what's the ruling there? He tweet he tweets and deletes. Good morning, how are you? So he could tweet or delete that too. 
But yeah, if there's so, a story out there that if, if MMA fighting at some point writes a story, it says John Jones says he's retired. Does this count as a buy? Would that count as a point? Uh, uh, yes, it would. But I, then in any case, I'm still selling. I'm still I just I don't think I'm, <laughs> I'm still I see I'm what you're saying. I see what you're saying. He's pretty erratic with his rate of tweeting and deleting. It could easily come up and be gone in five minutes. By that point, one of us would have screenshotted it. And as you said, written a little post about it on MMA fighting. Uh, but I'm still selling. So I'm going to say no tweet, no hint of it, no no direct, maybe a hint of it, but no direct I am retiring, then deleted statement. No, I, I think uh, too soon. I am buying this just okay. for that reason. I'm not wow, saying right he's going to be that. out of the USADA pool or anything like that, but it'll be – Connor does – Connor retires like four times every year. And mm-hmm. John's like an every other year kind of guy. And I don't think he actually announced his retirement in 2022. So I think odd numbered years, there is a retirement of some sort. So I'll just play the, the historical numbers here and say that he will, just for that reason, the social media stuff, he will say he's retired at some point, even though it may not be 100% accurate. So I will buy that for that reason. Uh, Next right, off the bat, right off the bat, you and I are, are, are diverging. I love it. Okay, let's see. Let's usually, see. The first, usually the first question is the false sense of security, but now we yeah, got Casey in here mixing it up. Friends here. forever, I thought. All right. Buy or sell. At some point in 2023, this is the opposite here. TJ Dillashaw, who announced his retirement not yeah. long ago, or at least we confirmed that he, he is retired, uh, announces he's unretiring and he's going to return to MMA. So – an agreement in principle that he's coming back. Buy or sell this, AK. Yeah, absolutely. I, listen, I'm going to buy because definitely by the wording of this, it's not it's not returns in 2023. It's announces he's coming out of retirement in 23. And then we might see him fight in 2024 or knowing him how long he goes between fights, 2025. So, yeah, I'm not super convinced TJ Dillashaw is done. I never have been. Uh, I, 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 mean, pers- I mean, personally, if it were up to me, I would hope the man has made enough money to retire I know I say this, we say this with a lot of fighters, but I don't want to see TJ fight anymore. I just think um, there's still winnable fights for him at Bantamweight for sure. But I think to think that he could beat anyone in the top five, top six anymore, those days might be over. It's just such a tough division. It gets younger and younger. It's based a lot on speed and athleticism. And he's a great athlete, but just every year it's going to be diminished, um, not just from age, but from wear and tear, injuries he's taken, whatever it is, whatever crap it is that he's put into his body. So I do think he's not done. The fact that he went into that fight with Sterling with one shoulder and thought that I think realistically did actually think he, that he thought he had a, he would have a chance tells you where his like his fighting mentality. So I don't think he wants to go out like that. Uh, he will announce his return in 2023. Yes, he's not going to fight in 2023 though. So that, that's a buy. This is a tough one. I thought about this one quite a bit. Because I, I do think at some point he will say he's coming back. I just don't know if it's going to be this year. So we'll differ again. I will sell this, but I think we'll be very close and we'll be having conversations whether or not this is going to happen early 2024. So I think it will happen maybe even as early as like January, February of 2024. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the positivity role because I don't want to see this either. I don't want to see him come back at this point. Unless he like comes back for one more fight with like Uriah Faber just to do that, then I'm cool. Other than that, I, there's no need. And this division doesn't need it. It didn't need Henry Cejudo coming back. But it looks like that's a thing. And I think we're probably a, like a year plus away from Dillashaw entertaining this. But who knows? The way this year has been going, TJ Dillashaw coming back from 
retirement or a very short one will be like the 38th most impactful news story in MMA. So I will sell it, but we're going to be knocking on the door, I think. Yeah, these are close ones. The first two, not only do we both do we disagree, Mike, they're close ones. They're not like neither of these are like close. a home run. Yeah, we're like, we're like, oh, we think it's definitely like huge buyer, huge sell. It's like, Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for the show comes from SoFi Invest. Alternative investments are now available on SoFi. Unlock the potential to build and protect your wealth with alternatives including real estate, venture capital, pre-IPO unicorns, and more at SoFi.com slash Vox. Active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Alternative funds have unique risks, including the risk of loss, may charge high fees, can be illiquid, and may not be suitable for all investors. Prior to investing in any fund, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and important information contained in a fund's prospectus. All right. Uh, all right. Hmm. Buy or sell. At some point in 2023, Dana White will not be active UFC president. To be clear, any form of termination, resignation, or hiatus, however temporary, from the role of UFC president qualifies. I think the however temporary yeah. makes this question much more easy because if you're asking me that like at the end of the year, Dana White will have – like he's gone as the president of the UFC, I would sell the holy crap out of this. Because obviously we know what has happened. We've talked about it. The slapping incident, everything that happened with his wife, the fact that nothing has been said by anybody outside of Dana with that interview with TMZ. We have heard nothing from anybody. Everybody else has refused to comment. And we're going to keep talking about this, ladies and gentlemen. You can roll your eyes all you want until something is done. I ain't going to stop talking about it. And we are not, as a website, going to stop talking about this. But... We are wondering what the punishment could actually be, even if it's like a temporary, let's step away here, a, a, a suspension. He's off TV for three months. He's stepping down for three months, so forth and so on. That makes this kind of interesting. Not that I think this is going to happen, but I think if something does happen, it's going to be a very temporary Band-Aid to this whole thing and at least some decent PR for the UFC that something is done that – the collection of everybody involved comes together and says, dude, you gotta, you gotta get out of here for a, for a little bit. So buy or sell this AK that at some point, Dana White is not the president of the UFC in 2023. Man, I do love that temporary thing. Uh, Cause if there's one thing we know that the UFC loves it's interim titles. 
So what would be more appropriate than interim UFC president uh, David Shaw or something, or interim UFC president Mick Maynard? I don't know. Throw, throw a name out there, a well-recognized UFC executives, officials name in there. And like you said, it would essentially be a, it could be a temporary post. It doesn't erase Dana from the equation entirely. Um, the company, listen, has the company loves Dana. The fact, I don't know how we want to take them not speaking upon, again, not releasing an official statement about this whole incident. Um, I don't want to say they're like protecting him because them not saying anything is arguably as bad as saying something. But clearly, they're conflicted about how to handle it, which I think wouldn't be the case if he was some, if they weren't happy with his, uh, the services that he's provided, so to speak, um, for the promotion for the last however many years. Um, so yeah, I, I will buy. I will buy. All these caveats open up a lot of doors to make this a possibility, and I do think we could see an interim president. Again, we've had people who have stood in for Dana, sort of, and spoken to the media um, at post-fight press conferences. There's more to being the president than that, but that's a big part of it. Just being the public face, and there's people who've shown that they can they can be comfortable being the public face, and more importantly give sort of different touch than than Dana. You know, I get it. There's a huge segment of fans that love Dana's in-your-face, confrontational, you know, watch the UFC dummy personality. Um, but someone, again, like a David Shaw, if anyone's seen him, he's got a bit of a softer touch to him. He's got a bit of a, you know, he's a little, a little more of a friendly guy. Definitely not, not like no one would compare him to Dana personality-wise. So you bring in someone like that, again, or you go, you know, one of the matchmakers um, or, or uh, you know, another recognizable personality, and you're fine. You're cruising along. But um, I still think by the end of 2023, he'll be back. But regarding this question, yes, a buy. Um, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, do a little, hopefully, some some good PR here, and just maybe move him out of that position temporarily. Again, this one's close. Like the answer should be absolutely buy. Like we, there, it should be a buy. One thousand percent. This should be a no brainer. But we're not. This is the, this is the UFC. This is what it is. The fact that no one has said anything about this tells me that nothing is going to happen. Now, I've been saying this a million times, and I'll say it once more. No one's asking for Dana to be fired. No one is asking for Dana's job to be completely taken away from him. What we are asking for, and Jed Mishu had the perfect word for this, contrition. Contrition. Show you care. And Dana came out and said everything he said, and I thought he handled himself very well. But something needs to happen. Going on TMZ for a fluff interview where they were feeding him softball after softball after softball is not enough for me. It needs to be temporary suspension, three to six months. He needs to pay a heavy fine, which would go to a DV charity of some kind and you know, cut a PSA, something like that. You do that. That's some contrition. I have no doubt in my mind that he'll be back. The second thing, which I don't think anybody actually understands at this point, the UFC doesn't need Dana White anymore. He doesn't need to be the promoter anymore. The the, the promotion is going to run fine on its own, and Dana is a huge part of that, and I will never take that away from him 1,000%. He will always be attached to what he has done for this company, what he has done for this sport, being the, the face of the sport and being the most powerful man in it. But he's done his job. He's done everything he can do. There's nothing more he can do now to help grow the sport. There's nothing. The sport will grow on its own. And who knows? If Dana is out, just think of some of the other names who he's had issues with in the past that might want to come back. Look at WWE. Once Vince McMahon was gone, a lot of the guys who were fired and had bad relationships with Vince McMahon, popular people got brought right back, and they're thriving. So – 
Do I think he'll be gone forever? No. Do I think at some point the UFC is just going to have to be forced to do something, come together with Endeavor and come to some kind of a decision like this, a temporary suspension, whether it be for a week or a month or three months or more? I think they're going to have to get to that at some point. But that's up to us. That's up to us to keep this story out there and to keep talking about this. Fans as well. So I will buy this. I will say I will buy this somewhat reluctantly, but I'm hoping that some of this contrition can actually happen and we can, it can be shown to all of us that at least somebody cares. At least somebody cares about this entire situation. So reluctant buy, but this is more of a hopeful buy, AK. Uh, yeah, again, listen, we, how, how many times, Mike, I don't know how, we haven't done been doing the show for too many years, but uh, at least on at least one one show, or I know I've any other prediction shows I've gone on. I've done the Dana White will no longer be the president of the UFC, and this wasn't even years where there was again following some sort of misconduct, just like you know based on whatever his his seeming uh, you know apathy towards promoting things like that. Um, so yeah, it, it's 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 weird to keep predicting it, and like you know it it hasn't happened and why would it he makes a lot of money being the ufc president as we said the ufc is very happy with him but it does feel like this year of all year that should put some crack in that relationship um so yeah and you neither you nor i are super optimistic that it's like going to happen that there will be some accountability but we can certainly uh we can certainly hope for it and uh it would send a really really strong message to uh frankly to a lot of people in the mma community who need it um including some of our commenters in the youtube Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's awful. <laughs> don't look at it, Mike. Don't look at it. <laughs> I'm not. Go- I'm not going to. All right. Next, let's move on. Not forever, but for now. Oh, come on. Uh, Dylan Dennis will have one sanctioned bout in 2023 in some sort of striking combat sport. I mean, come on. This. This was Mike. This was going to be my bold prediction. I was joking with Casey before the show. I said, I said Dylan Dennis fights in 20. 20- and then I reminded myself, Mike, when we make a bold prediction. It has to at least somewhat be based in reality. So, this let's, let's, this guy's never fighting again. This is this is a joke. Uh, so this is a hard sell for me. I don't know where you where you're going with this. I, I wanted to sell this before I got to 2023 in this question. So sell, sell. Let's move on. This is the that was the easiest one. He's not fighting in some sort of combat sport this year. And let me just say, let me just say, uh, I want to apologize on on. I, I, I don't apologize for us having stories with Dylan Downs. It's fine. People are interested in them. But I, I will apologize for us, you know, possibly playing a role in Dylan Dennis, uh, you know, whatever, reaching, you know, ha- having any sort of infamy. Every, 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 every MMA website that covers him, I'm sure we all, none of us are proud of it. You know, people, it, it, he, he, he's there. People talk about him. Uh, Ariel, look, Ariel gave him a platform. Ariel, I'm sure was happy to do it. Uh, he, he has... It's ridiculous that uh, Dylan Dennis has ever, has even said anything ever said anything bad to Ariel because Ariel has been along with Conor McGregor maybe the second most important person in promoting him like even more than like Scott Coker like so listen for our, for anyone out there who criticizes the MMA media for uh, for covering Dylan Dennis and making him bigger than he should be uh, I will I'm not speaking I shouldn't speak for anyone else I should rephrase it I shouldn't speak for anyone else I'm going to apologize for that uh, I don't think I've ever talked about Dylan Dennis that much but if I've talked about him at all. If I broadcast his brand at all, uh, I apologize. This guy is a joke. Uh, I'm not saying there won't be stories about him in the future. Again, he's a person of interest. It, it, we write stories about him, it happens. But I am apologizing from the past. I'm apologizing in advance. Let's hope this man goes <laughs> away. Let's hope this man gets the help he needs. 
because I'm going to echo Ariel again and say, I, I don't want to inherently believe this is a bad person. I just see like a lonely person, someone who's really gotten lost in the sauce, um, work themselves into a shoot, whatever you want to call it. And I don't think he knows how to get out. I don't think Dylan Dennis even knows who Dylan Dennis is anymore. Um, and I, I wish him the best in his, in his life and health, but yeah, we definitely need to, uh, stop talking about him in sort of the, the, the realm of, of actual fighters. I don't think I could have said it any better. So <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Next question. Double sell. Uh, buy or sell. Figgy moves up to 135 after Figgy Moreno 4 AK. I don't know if he does it right after. Um, when, when's this? This is the first of this is February, right? No, this is next Saturday. What? <laughs> not this Saturday. Not this Saturday. Yeah, next next, Saturday. Yes, next Saturday. The UFC is back. Days. MMA is back. Major League MMA is back. Um, wow. Right at no, I I I can't say right after. I, I do feel like there's another um this is another one of those close ones that we they've all been close so far. Great job, people, by the way, on the buy sell questions. This is what they should be. They shouldn't be layups except for the Dylan Dennis thing. But that just gives an excuse to trash Dylan, so that's fine. Uh but they're close. They're close. So not right after. If we're just saying some point after in 2023, I think big buy, big buy. I could see Davidson, you know, wanting to defend the title in a flyweight title fight that isn't Brandon Moreno. They've just seen each other so much. And I mean, I'd be fine with seeing that fight five more times. But I think if you're Davidson, you want a different challenge. So um, there are a lot of good names still at 125. And if Davidson is comfortable making the weight, I know it's not an easy one for him. uh, Definitely defend one more time. So not right after. But will he move up before the end of 23? Strongly, yes. That's a buy for me. But going by the exact wording of this, I'm going to go sell. I believe this person is asking, will he move up right after, like vacate the title and move up right after? I don't think so. I think we see a title defense uh, at 125 the, after Moreno. If if uh, Oh, it doesn't even say if he wins. That's it. That's, there That's you go, tricky. Uh, oh, well, I know what you're going to say now. But okay, so just as he move up either way. <laughs> Well, now I have to predict if he's going to win the fight, which is like, which is so difficult. I'll stick, but I'll stick, I'll stick with, uh, with sell. I just, I, win or lose, I don't think he moves up right after. I'll stick with sell. I'm going to sell this as well because if Figgy wins, then he'll just defend that belt. But if he loses, I could see a world where the UFC is just like, eh, we'll just do it again. Like, you know what I mean? I could definitely see number five happening. I don't think this will be the, the close of, of the show, if you will. So I'll sell this. I'll sell this with you. But I think he might, I, I think a decision will be, and again, this is just like you prefaced earlier. We could be, we're setting ourselves up for like 2024. And I think this mm-hmm. is going to be more of a 2024 question. I think so too. These are good questions. The people are really looking ahead. These are good questions. All right. What else we got? Oh. Shafkat Rachmana fights for a title this year. Now, AK, Shafkat Rachmana was supposed to fight this coming Saturday, six days from now, against Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal was out. They had a fight with Brian Barberina, dropped on their laps. Both sides are in. UFC said no. I have been advocating from the beginning here that Shafkat should fight on this card, even if against, mm-hmm. even if it's like a WWF superstars type thing where he just trucks somebody because. In order for this to be a complete buy, you need to get this guy on television. He can't just fight once or twice this year. He needs to be out there fighting three, four times. People need to get to know this guy as much as possible, even if he's beating guys as a minus 2,500 favorite. I don't care. Um, 
now the Jeff Neal fight is rebooked for March 4th. Do you think, buy or sell, that Shafka Rachmanov will be fighting for a UFC title this year? Let me first say, I, I fully have supported your WWF superstars idea for Shafkat. Yeah, it's very important just to get these guys exposure. That uh, him and Barbarina would have been the welterweight equivalent of Islam Makachev and Bobby Green, right? It's like you just need to keep these guys busy. You just need to give them a, a recognizable name and let them go to work. And if they truck that person, great. It's this is you want people to see this fight and be like, oh wow. Like this guy could beat anybody. Like I, or I don't know this guy could beat anybody. But the way they ran through Bobby Green, or the way Shavkrat might have run through, you know, Brian Barberina, it gets the imagination going, and it gets people, whether a title shot is next for them, at least thinking like, yeah, yeah, I got to see this guy fight for the world title someday. So, um, I'm, but I'm, uh, Mike, I'm buying hard on this one. I'm buying oh. hard, man. He is, he is coming for that that title shot. Uh, there's a certain element of uh, whether people think Hamzat is going to be able to sort of stick around at 170 this year because if he does and gets a win, he should probably be fighting for a title. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical of um, Hamzat returning to 170 this year. Um, really, I, uh, figuring out what's going to happen next for Hamzat is, is crazy. So uh, I'm going with what I know, and that's that Shafkat is putting in work at 170, is a guy who looks like a future champion, is a guy – who will fight for a title this year probably second half obviously we're thinking second half maybe even end of year but i do see it happening um he's just on the right track and uh I, i'm not pushing this one back to 2024 mike this is a 2023 bye i i agree with you however it's just i just uh, he's got the talent absolutely and if the ufc wanted to kind of give him the Alex Pereira treatment and just give him Jeff Neal and then give him one more strategically placed fight that you could argue would get him a title shot, then I think he would get it. I just think this division is in such such a weird place right now because it appears that Kamara Usman is going to get the rematch with Leon Edwards in London. I know some people have been rumoring that that won't happen. Maybe Mazadal will come in. I don't think that's the case. And what if Leon wins? Like, what if Leon wins again? Mazadal could slide in there. Like, merit doesn't matter, folks. Merit doesn't matter. That story writes itself. It's super easy. You just saw the clip of the three-piece in the soda over and over and over again. You got Colby. You got Hamzad. You still got Gilbert Burns. You got Bilal Muhammad. All these guys are there. All of them have arguments to being in this spot. I just don't think Shavkat's... This is why I thought fighting January 14th was so important. Because guess what? He could have ran over some poor soul or even Brian Barberena, still fought Jeff Neal March 4th, and then you put him on International Fight Week, and who knows who he'd be fighting by then. And then maybe he slides into a title shot at the end of the year. I don't know. The problem is I just don't think he's going to get enough guys to say, sure, I'll fight that dude. And that, unfortunately, is going to be the sticking point as to why I'm going to sell this. He could get there. I would love to see him fight for the belt. I'd love to see him fight Leon. I would pick him to I would pick him to beat Leon Edwards right now. I would pick him to be very competitive with Kabar Usman and most guys in this division. I just don't think it's gonna happen. I just don't think he's gonna get a top five. I don't think he's gonna get the right guy to say yes to fighting him to get him over that hump with this division being where it's at. So skill wise, he could absolutely get there. He's going to have to fight like five times to do it, and I just don't ah. think that's going to happen this year. So, yeah. unfortunately, this is a sell, but he could definitely get there, and he could beat the champion right now, in my opinion. 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of math not working in his favor, but I'll go I'll go blindly optimistic on this one and stick with Sill. Hey, I hope you're right. I'd love to see Shafkat get his chance. All right, what do we got next? <laughs> interesting. How appropriate. Uh, interesting follow-up. Jorge Masvidal or Colby Covington will <clears throat> get a title shot in 2023. AK, what do you think? I think I think you're really right about the Jorge thing. Um, and let me tell people, I am. I shouldn't be as a fan of meritocracy, uh, which by the way, doesn't exist in MMA. Let's be honest. Um, I need to see him and Leon fight before it's all said and done. I want the three piece Minnesota thing to be resolved. I think it's such a strong storyline, such a great uh, backdrop for a grudge match. And I know if it happened under these circumstances, it's less than ideal. Like we'd rather see, you know, Leon maybe loses the title to Kamaru and then his next, and then, you know, to sort of maybe get a, a third fight with Kamaru. He has to beat Jorge Masvidal in the grudge match. I get it. That's, that's a perfect world. That's a perfect world. But it's really hard to plan ahead like that in MMA. Like once you start, l- listen, this fight with Masvidal should have happened friggin' two years ago. And for some reason, things just keep happening that keep their paths, you know, going in different directions. But like it's for that, for the UFC, to fail to make this fight happen uh, would be a huge, huge loss of of uh, money. Frankly, I was going to say like a, a huge loss for the fans. It's a huge loss for the company. There's just a lot of money to be made with this fight, and I'm all for it. And I always tell people belts are props, and I almost hate the fact that Leon being the champion uh, removes this money fight from Masvidal's reach because it is a big money fight for both guys. But I get it. I totally understand why people don't want to see it. Masvidal just hasn't been winning fights. If you're not winning fights, how the hell can you get a title shot? But for me, at the end of the day, the bottom line of of, of MMA is one, MMA is supposed to be fun. And part of that is, do I want to see these two people fight each other? That's that to me is if I'm booking, if I'm booking anything, if I'm sorry, judging a booking, that's my number one criteria. Do I want to see these two fight each other? And I really want to see Leon and, and uh, Jorge fight someday. Uh, it, again, it shouldn't be for the title. I understand. I understand people will be outraged, disgusted, um, diminish the meaning of the belts, whatever. Again, belts are props. But I need to see it. And if it has to happen sooner rather than later, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that because I think if you they keep trying to plan a way to have these two run into each other, it's just not going to work out. So if the stars align where you can just book them, you just go for it. It's just a great fight for both guys, so especially for Masvidal, who shouldn't be near a title shot. But um, so the answer to the question, yes, uh, kind of what you just you just laid out before in the previous question, Mike. Um, Masvidal's right there, man, right in position. Whenever he clears up this legal thing, they would very happily slot him into a title fight with Leon um, if Leon's still a champion by the time that happens. So that's a buy. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm just, I mean, more or less, I'm playing the odds here. You're giving me both guys in this situation in the way the UFC conducts business when putting on pay-per-view cards and putting fights together where it's not always the top contender gets the rub. A lot of things need to happen for Mazadal to get a title shot. Like Leon has to beat Usman again. Like I could see if the question was, will Leon Edwards and Jorge Mazadal fight in 2023, then I'm buying it. 100%. It's either going to be for the belt or even if Leon loses, that's the fight you make. 1,000%. So, But now you're throwing Colby in the mix too who feel how you want about the man. The guy has figured out prize fighting. He's figured it out. And he has found himself in some pretty positive places for his career just by not fighting or fighting lower level competition. He has done a tremendous job with the prize fighting as- aspect of what the sport can entail. So 
to me, you're giving me both of these guys. I'll buy it just just for math. Hashtag math rules, and <laughs> you give me both these guys in one question. One, I, I just I have to buy it just because I feel like one of these guys could get slotted in somewhere in some strange yeah. way. Yeah, that's a bargain. That's a bargain. It's a bargain price. That's a two for one right. deal. Yeah. Yes. What else we got? Ooh. All right. Let's go over to the wonderful world of Bellator. So Bellator has announced. Bellator has announced that a lightweight Grand Prix is going to take place beginning in 2023. The current champion is the young, just up and coming terror that is Usman Nurmagomedov. Buy or sell AK that he will lose this title in the Grand Prix in 2023. Do we have the bracket yet? No. 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 I don't even know who's all in it yet. Yeah, let me let me let me do a little uh, quick googly loogly here. Uh, my, my my first instinct, by the way, obviously, I'm going to say sell. I think Usman's the real deal. Uh, I think he could hold on to this title for a long time. I'm trying to look. What names are we talking about here? I would that say are to AJ McKee. Sophie. Yep. Uh, maybe. He, yeah. Maybe. We still don't. AJ has said many times he still wants to get that other shot at you know um, at Patricio, right? Like he wants to get that uh, the trilogy bout, which is which is smart, which I think right. he should resolve he that also, first. I talked to him last week, and he said he's still down to do that. But if the if Bellator calls him and says AJ, your next fight's Patricio for the featherweight title, he won't mm-hmm. be in the lightweight Grand Prix. He already knows that's that. what it's I'm take that, that's what I'm thinking. Time. Yeah. yeah, and I think that fight does happen. So I, I have to take AJ out of the equation. Other than that, boy, if I'm forgetting someone obvious, people, please let me know. I'm just overlooking looking over some of these names. I I don't see anyone super threatening to Usman. Uh, maybe they put in uh, Mansoor. Mansoor, they put him in there. That'd be nice. But I have a feeling he's not going to be part of the tournament either. They might go with one of the more, more some of their more veteran guys, but. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna stick with. Uh, I'm gonna stick with Cell. I'm gonna stick with Cell. He's. He's. Usman's gonna put together a run. And let me tell you something. He's gonna put together a run up our rankings too. He's one of those guys who. Uh, it's gonna be hard for us to move him up there because you know I know there's that that Bellator um, uh, bias or the other way I guess bias against Bellator fighters uh, moving up because they can't beat a lot of the names that are in our rankings and most people's rankings. But um, I think it's going to look impressive enough that we're going to be like, okay, this guy might be like at least in the top 10. Top 10, maybe as high as like number nine. More than that, we'll see. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him go on a big run here. That's, that's a sell for me. He's holding on to it. Yeah, I think I, I think I have Usman as number 10 in my lightweight rankings right now. Hmm. So here's here's the Bellator top 10 right now underneath Usman. Patricky Pitbull, Tofik Masayev, Benson Henderson, Alexander Shabley, Sidney Outlaw, Brent Primus, Islam Mamadov. AJ McKee, Peter Quilly, Godzi Rabinanov. I just don't see me. I think AJ could be interesting just because he's such a wild man and he has just no fear whatsoever. And I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's sort of how you have to approach a guy like Usman Amagamadov. But I just feel like Usman's that good and I have to sell this. Like he might end up losing in the end, but I just they're not gonna wrap this Grand Prix up in 2023. And unless they go back to the which that's super cool thing where they bring each of the, the higher ranked fighters out and they get to choose their opponents. Oh, so good. Please do it. Cause you know, cause you know, Usman's going to just pick the toughest challenger is he's not just going to sit there and, and pick the number eight seed or anything like that. So 
I think they'll probably just give him the lower edge guy and find his way. And they'll, they'll probably try to set up him versus McKee or him versus Messiah or something like that. So yeah, I'll sell it. I'll sell it. Yeah. He might lose it, but it won't be this year. Yeah. A lot of this was dependent on whether you think AJ will be in it or not. I think he does the Patricio Pitbull fight in, instead. Um, if he's in it, definitely lean, definitely makes it lean a little closer to buy, but um, I don't think he is. So yeah, we're, we're both selling Mike Green. Or you could just have your cake and eat it too. And just do, put Patricio in the lightweight Grand Prix, and just that could be the first round matchup. Wow! Right there. Are you trying Ooh. to make MMA fun again, Mike? Are you trying I'm to make trying. MMA fun again? Come on. We need it. We need it. Patricio's not the champion can. anymore, so Patricio could just slot his way back up there and try for the second belt. Story writes him, itself. Or you put them both in the tournament, and we actually have the chance of them fighting each other. <laughs> That's not gonna. Happen. They would never. They would never. He would, <laughs> Patricio would never get in the way of that. Would never no. do it. No way. All right, what else we got? Oh. Buy or sell. Hamzat Shemaev gets a title shot, AK. It could be at 170, could be at 185. Hell, the way they were talking at the end of last year, maybe at 205. Have you seen what this guy looks like? He's putting on some mass, getting in shape. What are we thinking, AK? Will 2023 be the year that Hamzat Shemaev fights for a UFC title? This has to be some kind of course correction because I feel like last year I was saying Kamzat would be the welterweight champion or something, or at least one of the, some, some some sort of outlandish Kamzat predictions. And listen, our, our our expectations for him haven't changed that much. Like anyone who's seen him fight, he's he, that Kevin Holland fight was like a weird again one ninety pound whatever, and the whole circumstances around the event were just a debacle that were caused by him. But when he gets in the cage. Man, this guy is good. Other than Gilbert Burns, who's again is amazing, taking him to the limit, this dude is just an absolute force. And again, I always say the Gilbert Burns fight only made me think higher of his skills because we talk about getting dragged into deep waters. I mean, Burns pushed him to the limit. That fight was friggin' awesome. And and uh, Hamzat, whether he, you feel he won or not, he went the distance in an absolute slugfest, a great fight. So he looks like a champion. He should be. If you gave him a title shot this year, I would predict him to beat Alex Pereira. I would predict him to beat Leon Edwards. I would predict him. Uh, I would predict him to beat. Well, we don't have a light heavyweight champion, but I'd probably pick him to beat either, either Glover Teixeira or Jamal Hill. <laughs> and yet, I'm selling, Mike. I'm selling. Wow. I, I don't think he's getting a title shot. I think this guy is. He's got to sort out the weight thing. He's got to sort out. I don't know all this stuff about how he's always like, oh, nobody wants to fight me, and the UFC saying that nobody wants to fight him. When we have all these people publicly calling him out in like two divisions, it's so confusing. There's just a lot going on behind the scenes with Kamzat, and and really it came to a boil with that with the uh, the, the the missing weight uh, incident. It really just had us all going like, what is going on with Hamzat? Is he serious about fighting and um, and fighting in a certain weight class? And um, it was so bizarre. So I, it's just a little too much weirdness around his situation for me. Again, he should he should be a world champion by the end of 2023 in some division. But I just think his situation is so screwy that um, he's not even going to get a title shot yet. I think he needs to win some fights, put on a show, keep building that highlight reel, um, and get things sorted. Pick a division. Pick a division. That's a good start. Just please pick a division. Are we going to have a Friends Forever moment right here, AK? No. We are not having a Friends Forever moment. I was queuing up the band. The answer is yes. He will fight for a title. And more on that perhaps in round number two. So stay tuned for that. Next question. Let's see. I'm still working on like multiple <laughs> monitors right now. At least I moved it center so I don't have yeah. to look over here. It's I so awkward. This is a good question. Uh, buy or sell at least th- 
at least three Magomeds will hold titles in a major MMA organization at the end of 2023, AK. Buy or sell at least three Magomeds. Boy, uh, uh, this is going to go against, again, you mentioned sort of the, our next uh, thing we have coming up, Mike, but this is probably going to go against my uh, champion's futures, as it were, but I'm still going to at least three. You know, I'm going to, when I first saw this question, I was going to buy, and then I put more thought into who I thought was going to end our UFC champion predictions. And so I have to go sell now, I think, because this obviously assumes Magomed and Kalayev will be one of them. Um, oh, does Magomed, Magomed Karamov count as two Magomeds? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> it's confusing. I don't know. I there's Magomed Magomedov too, so there's another there's one. So it, technically, if Magomed Magomed Karamov and Magomed Magomedov both win titles, that's four Magomeds, I think. That's four. That, that, that's way over. That's the over by far. Uh, so I'll go sell. I'll go sell. The Magomed name uh, is in whatever form you see it as. It's so powerful. Uh, but three... Three in major organizations talking UFC, Bellator, PFL, and one championship. I don't even want to Ryzen in there. Um, I, I so that's a lot. That's a lot to ask for. So I'm going to go maybe two tops. So I'm going to a tentative sell. Tentative, not a super confident sell, but I, I, I do fall on the sell side. So does this does this just include first names, or does Magomed have to be involved? I, I'm counting any any include if Magomed is anywhere in the name, I'm counting that as a Magomed. So, so Nurmagomedov would work, would count. Oh, Nurma. I mean, I feel like I feel like it should. Man, that makes that makes things. YouTube, YouTube. What do you guys say? YouTube. What do you guys say? Uh, go, go on. Go ahead, Mike. I'm going to take a look at what uh, you, uh, you know. I'm going to run. I'm going to run a really quick poll here. We're going to run a really we're, quick poll. Hey, we're going live. <laughs> we're going live. I'm going to run a poll. All right. You know, Magomedov. I'll do a quick as, sixty second poll here. Um, I'll, I'll cap- if it's if the answer to that question is a no, then I'm selling this. If it's a if it's a yes, we already have one with Usman. Yep. It's already one guaranteed. And we both feel like he will end the year as champion. So that's one like a lock. There's many other Nurmagomedovs in play here. Okay, I'm gonna wait till we have a sample size of about 100. I'm gonna go fa- family feud. Family feud. We pulled 100 people, <sighs> and I'll let you know. I have to know what the answer is before I decide. It's leading, if it's, if it's, it's leading towards yes. It's so far 55 percent yes so far. I'm a little surprised because I see the people who are actually commenting saying a lot of people saying no, but the voting, oh, heavily yes now. Heavily yes. I'll let you know. Yeah, it's but it's definitely leaning towards right. 50 votes in, and it's leaning towards yes. I'll, I'll stop at 100. If we're if this is a no, if this is a no, it's a definite sell because I don't think I don't think we're gonna get three. Just if it's a yes, okay, yeah. If it's a yes, it's really close. I almost have I almost have to buy this just for again the same reason, the same exact philosophy behind the Colby and Mazadal answer of buying that because of just you're giving me both of those options right now and now for okay. adding the Nirmaga Madoff name to it it's almost like we're both insane if we don't buy yeah. this sorry did you name them if we count, if we are counting them as Magomeds you said Usman uh Ankalaya Umar there's Saeed yeah. there's Magomed I don't Ankalaev. think either Umar I don't think either Umar or Saeed are getting the title shot in 2023 maybe maybe that's a deep division. Um, and uh, Magomed Magomed Karamov, let's not forget, he was yep. 
uh, going to the PFL playoffs, and they had their very, very silly visa situation because they chose to uh, to surprise the fighters by saying, "Hey, we're holding a card in uh, in, uh, in in the UK," and they're like, "What? We can't travel there." <laughs> so, yeah. Magomed Magomed Karimov could have been the PFL like the championship this year. I assume he's coming back. Um, we're all, the vote is almost done, but it looks Mike. It looks like they're counting their Magomedovs. So. Uh, I I think I have to buy you like this. It. You like with the buy that included? It's I don't love it, but I feel like I have to play the the odds here. <laughs> this is just now that we're adding a lot more. And, if we, and, I think if, and I think if we dug a little deeper, we might be able to even add more caveats to this. So I will buy this with very little confidence, but at least yeah, I gotta play it. It's like I'm getting okay. plus money on a Hamza Chimaya fight. Sure. Right now. I'm ending our poll at uh, 92 votes in. Uh, 57% yes, Nurmagomedovs should count as Magomeds. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Next question. This is a fun. This has been a fun show. The element of surprise is making this. <gasps> of course. Oh, I knew this was probably coming. Of it's course. Buy or sell, Bo Nickel will be ranked in the top 10 of the UFC's middleweight division by the end of the year, AK. Uh, this is our, we had our easiest sell. Our easiest sell. We had the Dylan Dennis was like, will Dylan Dennis fight in 2023, right? Easiest sell we've had so far. That was automatic sell. That you're not even getting much for that. That's you're selling that for 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 a nickel at that point. This is a I think our easiest buy so far. Will he be ranked in the top 10? Of, one, the UFC's fake rankings. Yes. And I think he <laughs> and I think he'll be good enough to crack the illustrious MMA fighting global rankings as well. I'm looking at our let's look at our top 10 now. That closed out uh, 2023, and people should remember our global rankings, of course, include other promotions outside the UFC. So uh, Alex Pereira, number one, followed by Izzy, Robert Whitaker, Marvin Vittori, Cannoneer, and then uh, our first Bellator guy, Johnny Evelyn, number six, Bellator champion. Brunson and Muniz tied at seven, uh, Bellator's Gegard Mousasi at nine, Paulo Costa at ten. So pretty decent top ten, but not a top ten that is so like, oh, it's hard to crack into there. And unlike... Um, some divisions in the UFC, lightweight, I'm looking at you. We don't have a lot of squatting at middleweight. Like these guys are pretty good about, yes, they fight each other. Sure, they're in the shuffle fighting each other a lot, but they're pretty good about fighting guys ranked below them as well. Uh, Bo Nickel might be an exception. I could obviously see guys like Brunson, uh, Cannoneer, Paulo Costa, like having no interest in wanting to fight a Bo Nickel. I mean, he has, what is he now, Mike? Two and oh, like two pro fights, right? Uh, three and oh, I think. Two, it's one of them with amateur, I think, right? Is he not, is it one of the amateur fight? I gotta, was, I this, was this contender series fight? I'm looking it up right now. He's three and zero. Yeah, he had one three, oh, right. under in pro before, yeah, promotion before and then the two, contender series. Right. Yes. Yes. And then two contender series fights. Uh, a lot of guys. That's the exception. A lot of guys in the top ten won't want to fight him. However, uh, so it might be tougher for him to get into the UFC's rankings. I will say that will be difficult. But I guarantee. I think our global rankings. I think our voters are already pretty high on Bo Nickel. Uh, he's not got a vote yet. He's not a Farv. But uh, I can tell you our own Jed Mishu, probably after his debut, we'll probably have him like throw him right in the top 10. <laughs> be number and three in Jed's rankings. Be number three, yeah, after one win over uh, uh, for Mr. Pickett. Uh, I-, I won't go that far, if you will know, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like he's looked so, so, so good. And if we're talking about the end of the year, we're talking give it 12 months. Let's say he has a – let's say he doesn't fight anyone in the top 10, but goes like 3-0, and dominant victories. I'm, man, he's going to make my rankings. He's, he's going to sneak in there. Um it's a good top 15 is pr- looking pretty good right now. Oh, sorry, excuse me. I mean, um, 185, the top 15 of 185 is looking pretty good right now, but he has the talent to get in there. So this said uh, top 10, right? Specifically, top 10. 
top 10. I'm still going to buy. This is the easiest buyer for me. He's going to be in the top 10 of the UFC's rankings and the global rankings by the end of the year. I'm a little torn on this one because it mm. should be. It should be an easy buy. Mm-hmm. But is he going to get the matchups to get there? That's like, how is the UFC looking at him? Are they just going to push him to the moon, set him up to fight for a belt by 2024? Because if that's the case, if they're just going to, let's get this guy to a title shot as fast as possible, even if it takes like two or three fights, then the answer is going to be yes, because they'll give him the favorable matchups to get there. I'm going to sell this. I'm going to sell. He will be ranked. I think he will be ranked. I just don't know if he'll be top 10. I don't know if he's going to get the match. I don't know. I don't know how much time. I don't know how many times he's going to fight. He's going to have to fight. He's going to absolutely have to fight three times this year, at least. Maybe four. I'll sell it. I'm selling it. Do you think Do you think he makes the top? Are you saying either ranking? Uh, and you don't think he's, you think it'll be tough for him to get into the top 10 of both, both the global rankings and the UFC's official rankings? With Jed Mishu involved, I think he has a better chance of getting in the global rankings at top 10. Because we we talked about the area of grievances. We we tend to favor potential a uh-huh. little bit as a as as a point to raise rankings. Yeah. And I think obviously his is incredibly high. But he will be ranked. Like I'm not saying he won't be ranked. I just don't know if he'll be top 10. By like okay. April 2024, he's probably inside the top 10. I just don't know if he's gonna have enough fights against enough quality competition to get him a top 10 ranking. Could he be like the 13th best? Sure. I just don't know if he, if he'll be a top 10 guy. So potential through the roof. I just don't know if he's going to have enough time and enough proper fights to get him to number 10 or better. It'll be a fun one to revisit, as we said, because we're probably going to go like, you know, if he's in one of the rankings, not the other rankings, we're going to say, does that count as a, as a you know, a, a successful buy? Uh, I, by the way, I will keep track, people, of Mike Heck's voting, because if it's close and he's like near into the top 10, I will make sure that Mike Heck does not tamper with the voting to keep Bo Nickel oh, out of no the... way. I don't, I don't know. My, I'm just saying, I, you might want to get another buy on your, like a successful buy on your record in your portfolio. And I don't know what lengths... You're my best friend. You know, I love you. But I, I don't know what lengths you'll go to. So I will be keeping a close eye on your voting if he somehow ends up at 11 because Mike Heck like is excluded him from the ballot or put him way lower than that. I'm just saying, I don't, you, I don't tell think you, you I don't think let me tell you how this all works. Uh-huh. Two weeks from now, I'm going to forget we even did this show. And then <laughs> in December, I'm going to go back and listen to it and be like, oh yeah, we talked about that. So it happens every single time. Okay. No, That's you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're not that conniving. <laughs> Oh, good question. Buy or sell. Chris Weidman makes his incredible return and goes at least 2-0 in 2023, AK. Uh, this is the second easiest sell of the show. No, he's not. Chris Weidman, I'm a, such a huge Chris Weidman fan. I have been, I mean, probably since a little bit before he came to the UFC. I mean, just from what people were saying about him and, and hyping him up, I was like, yeah, this guy's the real deal. And then you saw him fight, and you're like, this is serious. So seems like a super nice guy. Um, his injury was just heartbreaking. And I know it's been a really difficult recovery. So I'm super excited to see him return in 2023. I do think he fights. But one, I'd be surprised if he fought more than once. Again, he's of the age where I think he has to be a bit picky with what he wants to do um, with his opponents. Uh, as I, mean, I say, opponent choices, he has to be picky with that. 
the kind of schedule he keeps because keep in mind he's not just coming back from an injury this is a long layoff man it's a tough it's tough to come like to get back into that busy fighting mode and uh taking two fights a year is uh i know a lot of people saying well you know a lot of guys fight three four times a year but again he's he's a little bit older he's a little bit older and he's i don't think he's ever been the type of guy to be super busy in the cage let's look at uh let's take a quick look before obviously before the injury um and you know when you're champion that slows down your schedule a little bit too but before the injury he fought once in 2020 once in 2019 once in 2018 so what you're saying is not counting uh the injury year he's gonna have to fight twice two times in a year for the first time uh in four years it just seems unlikely to me um the year before that he only fought twice 2016 only fought once he's not an active fighter as it is now he's coming off injury long lap and he has to win two fights if they gave him like the right competition fine but you're probably throwing right back there with someone in the top 20 and like i said middleweight's kind of healthy right now it's not like filled with like easy wins in the top 20 um like outside the top 10 i just say this is a second easiest sell for me besides the dylan dennis question love chris hope he comes back hope he gets a win I don't think he's fighting twice. I definitely don't think he's winning twice. Will he return? Yes. Will he give us maybe the best moment of 2023? Yes. Will he win his fight? Yes. Will he finish his opponent? Yes. Will he fight again after that in 2023? No. So if this question was Chris Wyden makes a return and goes 1-0 in 2023, I would buy this. But for almost the same reasons that you're giving... I just don't think he'll fight twice. I think he will come back for one. And it's going to be a moment where the UFC sets him up to succeed, at least to the best of their ability, and to have this incredible moment because I think we all know why. But, I yeah, I think he does come back. I think he wins. I think it's a, an awesome moment. Um, but I think it'll be a one one fight. That's it. UFC, don't drop the ball on this. Do not throw him in there with someone in like the top 10. I get it. He has name value and I'm sure he Bo would. Nickel. <laughs> if you throw him in there with Bo Nickel I, at any point this year, I swear, I, I mean, I'm not going to do anything because I write about MMA and I'm a fan. I'm not going to stop watching. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I'll shake my fist angrily and I'll write a very biting tweet. I will tell you, oh, you watch out UFC. If, if you make that matchup, I will tweet at you so hard with all of my finger strength. I will tweet at you from from Hell's Twitter account. I shall stab at thee. All right. I'm sorry. I I apologize to the. I gotta calm down. I'm sorry, guys. I'm wow. Sorry. I didn't. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get so worked up. Whew, sorry. Who know? Who knew, who knew? Who knew the Chris Weidman feel good question Boy. would lead to to Ooh. that response? I could get a sued, Mike. I apologize for making threats like that. Public on video, uh, Casey. Can we edit that out of the uh, of the you know the podcast and the, the video later? So I we can get sued for that. I really apologize. Incredible! Wow. All right, what else we got? Oh wow. Okay. Buy or sell, AK. These are always the fun ones. Three or more of these names will no longer be on the UFC roster before the end of the year. Tony Ferguson, Kelvin Gastelum. Robbie Lawler, Dominic Reyes, Stipe Miocic. Three or more of these Damn. names at year's end will not be on the roster. Whether it's straight up release, they fight out their deal, UFC doesn't resign them, retirement, all of those things in play, they will just no longer be on the roster. Yeah. Whoever sent this in, great names. Like they picked great names. There's Perfect not, question. There's, yeah. There's not a name on there who I'm like, oh, I'm sure they're going to stay or I'm sure they're going to. 
all these people are right on that right on that fence of like yeah i could i could see them continuing fighting for another two years i could see them retiring by like by april man they're all like good job whoever sent this one in um three or more three or more so at least three uh mike should we go case by case should we break this down should we go case by case uh, name by name and see what we come up with we can okay what do, what do you think tony let's go tony I think he will be on the roster by the end of the year. You think he will be? Okay. I am also leaning towards Tony. So uh, they will stay. So that's one. Yeah, we'll, we'll not retire. So that's one. That's one for both of us. Calvin Gaslam. Calvin Gaslam. So he is main eventing against Nasruddin Imovov this coming Saturday. I don't think that fight's going to go well for him at all. I will say he is not on the roster by the end of the year. You think maybe they part ways? Because he's, what will that be now? Like four... I mean, quite a few consecutive losses for Mr. Gaslam. Yeah, let me pull it up because we talked about this on the airing of yeah. grievances episode. And three, records- three, three straight one and six since the uh, including sorry including the Adesanya fight since 2019. So including the Adesanya fight, the loss yeah, that so started the since 2017. Beat Chris. He lost to Chris Weidman. The uh-huh. Bisbing win, which come on now, uh, the Jacare win, which a lot of people actually felt like he didn't deserve. Uh, then losses to Adesanya. I mean, look, I, I think that fight in particular has given him such good grace mm-hmm. overall that they might, the leash is definitely longer. No doubt about it. Darren Till fight was what it was. Gets tapped by Hermanson just over a minute. Ian Heinish, who's one and four in his last five, he beat, lost to Whitaker, lost to Cannonier. Team of our fights probably not going to go well. And I'm and look, the competition's been pretty damn good. But I just feel like one and six over seven. He'll be three and seven over his last ten without a. Who's the, I mean? I'm trying to think if there's Bisbing would be a top fifteen win, but that was his retire Bisbing's retirement fight. Jacare was probably bottom end of the top fifteen at that point. Heinish was not ranked, I don't think. So I just don't know what else is for him, and I don't think he's going to want to cut to 170 because i think that's probably where like most of his late career success would come from and it's uh, like we talk what's crazy about this is we talk about calvin gassam like he's 40 years old right now he's 31 like he's 31 he won't be 32 till he won't be 32 till october which is crazy to think about but i I just don't know I, i don't know if the He's fought for it for, for an interim title, so he's probably making decent money. I just don't know. Like, if he loses this fight convincingly to Imavov to kind of put him over, maybe he has one more. Maybe throw. Maybe that's a good Bo Nickel fight right there. Maybe you keep him around for for Bo on the way up. Yeah, that could, could maybe that could get Bo to the top ten. So, but like I said before, the end of the like that could still that could be the fight that they use him and then happy yeah. trails. And, and, Calvin, yeah. and look, Calvin. I'm not saying Calvin is not a good fighter like he's he's he could be a good fighter i think for some fighters just need a fresh coat of paint and maybe a different promotion different layout different roster different ownership just different less pressure perhaps out of the limelight but still somewhat in the limelight that could do well like if kevin gaslam joined the pfl as a middleweight i think he could do pretty well if he went to bellator he could beat a lot of the top-ranked guys at Bellator, and he would be a pretty good name to have on the roster. 
Yeah, I'm gonna say I, I think I think Gaston will be off the UFC okay. roster. I'm not so saying he's out of MA. I think he'll be right. off the roster by the end of the year. So let's say Tony is still on the roster, Calvin. So we're one and one so far. Robbie, I weirdly think he's sticking around another year. I don't know why. I just don't have this feeling that this is the last we see of him um, on the UFC roster. I I think there's still exciting fights for him. I think he hasn't been able to get there. You know, we, we've had a few cancellations over the, the last few years. You know, they've been booking him. They've been booking him, right? So I mean, a lot of these fights have just fallen through. He still wants to compete. I, I don't think he's – I think he wants to stay in there as long as he can. And we know the company loves him. Um, so maybe you push this to 2024. I think it could go even further. I just think Robbie's just going to be around, maybe fighting once a year for a while. So that to me is – I'm picking him to to stay. I am also picking him to stay. Okay. Because he has it's just talking to him, you don't get a ton from Robbie Lawler, but he doesn't BS you either. Like he's got Bull Durham like answers to certain questions. But when it comes to what he wants and what his career looks like, he always get he he's even said he said it a million times. I'm gonna only take fights that get me fired up. Like fights that get me excited. If they offer me somebody that doesn't get me excited, I'm just not gonna fight. He'll just say no. But if there's a fight that gets him excited, He'll say yes, and he'll take it seriously, and he'll train hard, and he'll get after it. I'm sure he knows at this point he's not fighting for a world title. He's just doing it because he likes to do it, and he needs that extra push to get him in the gym and get him working really, really hard. So I do think he'll be on the roster at the end of the year because he's not going to be asking for too much. He's just going to go in there, and he's gonna. they're going to offer him fights. He'll say yes, he'll say no, and yeah, I think he'll fight maybe once this year, and be fine with that so i think lawler will still be on the roster okay so we've got two we're on two stays right now tony and robbie and one lead one uh parting ways calvin dominic reyes i think he'll be gone i think i just don't know if he has if he can pull that trigger anymore he's had to face some tough competition no question but we talked about he's a classic case of a guy we were talking about maybe he just needs to step back Ryan Spann is a very good fighter, but is was he was the step back. Ryan Spann was the step back from Yuri, from Jan, from John Jones. And it did just did not end well for Dominic Reyes. A, a really talented guy, no question, man. Like and again, if you put him in there with, you know, light heavyweights outside of the top 20, sure, he's probably still picking up some knockouts here and there. But um, I don't know how far down you have to go now and how much it's worth his time. His uh, uh, his investment, the UFC's investment in him. Uh, he's thirty. He just turned thirty three. So it's not like super old, but there's somewhere in there tear there from MMA from previous sports he's competed in. I have a feeling it's either retirement or or release uh, from the UFC this year for Dominic Reyes. I mean, listen, maybe he can bounce back on another promotion, but I think it's. Uh, I will. I'm going to add him. To, I'm going to even up the the releases and keeps here, and uh, I'm going to say Dominic uh, is not not with the UFC by the end of this year. Yeah, because I think whatever fight he gets next, it's going to be against an absolute – he's going to have to fight like a Khalil Roundtree or somebody like that. Like, And that's just not fun for anybody, let alone Dominic Reyes. So, mm. yeah, I think they'll give him one more, and if it doesn't go well, they'll part ways, and I don't think that'll be the end of his career. Again, maybe Dominic just needs a, a fresh coat of paint, a different promotion, different stakes, different layout whether it's PFL or Bellator or even one champion, who knows? But yeah, I'm with you. So, but steep AA is probably it was, most- so this, this, this worked out perfectly, Mike. This worked out perfectly. The decider right here, steep A, whether you're buying or selling. So we're two and two. 
Stipe is interesting because I, I'm fully convinced he never fights again. I don't think he ever fights again. And I don't think he needs to, and I don't think he really wants to. And I think the only way, the only thing that could get him back is a John Jones fight, which by all accounts was on the table, a Francis fight, but for buco dollars, like so much, like it just life-changing, cannot say no to this money. And I don't think he's going to get it. I just, I think... I don't think he's going to get it. I, I don't think he's going to be able to have his cake and eat it too at this point. I think his, he's very happy with where he's at in life. I think he's very happy with what his career has looked like. A lot of people consider him the greatest heavyweight in UFC history. Some I've heard some people say and tweet out and comment that he's the greatest heavyweight of all time. He's coming. I mean, it, I just don't know if he's going to get everything he wants. I think he, he gets the opponent. He's not going to fight Curtis Blades. He's not going to fight Sergey Pavlovich. He's not going to fight Alexander Romanov. He's not going to fight Cyril Ghosn. Like, he's going to fight Jones or he's going to fight Ngannou, and he's going to want to make a ton of money to do it. And I just don't think he's going to get all of those things that he wants. And I think he'll be just fine just not fighting. The question is whether or not he remain. if it's just a quiet just not fighting and – he stays on the roster or if there's just an outright release or parting of ways. And that's where I'm torn on this. Cause I don't think Stipe fights again, but it's just a matter of like, does the UFC play hardball and just like, okay, don't fight. We're just going to keep you on the roster and you can't do anything else in, in the combat world. So <sighs> Stipe will be on the roster at the end of the year, but he will not fight this year. Okay, okay, we landed on the same page then because I was going to say, yes, he will also uh, – so we're both – you know what? We're both, we, we did the math. We did our due diligence. We're both buying this stock. We've looked – we did a lot of – we had to do a lot of looking into this stock and we are buying – we're both investing in this stock because, yes, I agree. I'm sell- um, no, I'm, I'm selling, oh, selling this. No, I'm you, selling said, you, this. Said, you said he'll – oh, three will, will no longer be – yeah, so we're selling. I'm sorry. We're yeah, selling. I we're both we selling. selling the stock. Yeah, yeah, we're both selling. We think Tony, Robbie – Stipe, three of these names will be on the roster before the end of the year. So yeah, we are selling. Um, uh, everything moves slower at heavyweight, Mike. We know this. So yes. Stipe, I think you're right. Is pretty much one and a half, one and four toes out the door. <laughs> um, but Jess, you're right. It's still kind of, still kind of like you know, just going about his business. Has that, has that uh, call, you know, that phone nearby, waiting. Like, oh, hey, they're gonna. If a big fight comes along, yeah, of course I'm gonna say yes. So you know, get that paycheck. Um, and he's gonna wait. He's gonna wait and wait and wait. He's gonna wait six months. He's gonna wait twelve months. He's gonna wait until 2024. And even then, who know? I don't know how long it's gonna take for him to finally say, you know what? I'm essentially done with fighting, uh, barring something crazy. But otherwise, consider me retired. It won't happen this year. It's going to take a long time. It's going to drag out. It's been dragging out, and that will continue. So, yeah, we're selling. We're selling. All right. That was Let's a good take one. a couple more. These are these mm-hmm. are some really good questions. Oh, they're so good. Yeah, I wish I wish we could read them all. There's just so many good ones sent in. Buy or sell over two and a half Ooh. current UFC ranked fighters <sighs> will see the million dollar prize in PFL and sign with them. Now, last year we had a similar question that at least three currently ranked fighters in January 2021 would sign with the PFL in 2022. And at the time, we both bought this and we were both correct because Shane Burgos, Aspen Ladd, Marlon Moraes at the time 
had not retired yet. And all of them signed with the PFL. So, oh wow. And we didn't even look in inward any further than that. Just those three out the bat nailed it. So same number here. Over two and a half current UFC ranked fighters will sign with the PFL in 2023. I'm oddly skeptical uh, this time. I don't know why. It's it's an even technically a well no it's essentially the same question. Uh, what do you think uh, more than more than two and a half? So three. Do you think three people? Um, I'm oddly skeptical. Maybe because I feel like there's been a little bit of a youth movement or some positive movement for up and coming fighters in uh, in the UFC's divisions this year at least the ones that they share with the pfl that would like make sense for those fighters jumping over so this time i'm going to go sell uh i'm gonna go sell i think it'll be i think two i think we'd see we could see two no names are immediately jumping to my mind i'm kind of just grabbing that number uh, i'm also not looking at their official rankings i have our rankings open and obviously it's that's a little different there's gonna be some some names in there um and the you know even on the fringes of the ufc's top 15 that are more likely to, to make this jump. So I'm going to go with two. If I'm forgetting any obvious names, people in the comments, please shout them out on YouTube. Um, but I, for Mike, I'll go, I'll go sell this time. I'm looking at them now as well. I'll buy this. I'll yeah. buy this. Cause I mean, we're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, well, 12. We're talking 12 divisions with 15 people in it, and three of them. By the way, Kelvin Gastelum is ranked in the UFC's middleweight rankings. So That's I'm just putting true. that out there. So you're saying, um, you're saying uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I believe Paulo, I believe Paul Costa. Yeah, Paul Costa is still ranked in the rankings. That's the popular one, right? Everyone wants to see what Paulo would do in a PFL tournament, whether it be, he could do light heavyweight, right? He wouldn't even have to cut weight. He could go do light heavyweight tournament, right? That's that's yeah. the beauty of it and probably do very well if uh, if we're, you know, if we're gauging uh, Paulo Costa's skills correctly, we'd probably do all right. Dominic, Dominic Reyes is ranked number 13. Dominic, sure, sure. So um, and then there's there's others as well. There's man yeah, I'll buy this. I think we'll get. I think we'll get three out it's of Hunter one. Lost it's Hunter Lofsky. Hunter. Uh... He's not ranked. So okay. yeah, I'll buy. I'll buy. I'll buy this because the UFC can't hold on to. They're just not going to be able to hold on to every single one of them. And PFL is going to be a very popular free agency option. Yeah. If this is if this hits again two years in a row. Uh, this could be our new, uh, for anyone who watches No Bets Bar, this could be our version of flyweight overs, Mike. It's like every year, always take the over <laughs> on how many ranked UFC fighters will go to the, like, because I, may, I, maybe I'm being too careful here. Maybe I'm playing like a, like doing like a 50-50 thing, right? Just don't believe that it's going to happen two years in a row. Um, but if it does, because it could be our flyweight overs, every year you could see two or three or four uh, ranked UFC people heading over to the PFL. It's not, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. Okay. Next. If any. Oh, okay. A current champ, a current champ from one of Bellator PFL or one championship signs of the UFC by the close of the year. So a current champion from Bellator PFL or one signs of the UFC this year. Okay. I'm so tempted to say yes, because I really, I know it's very likely never going to happen. This man's very happy where he is. I so, so badly want Demetrius Johnson to return to the UFC and, you know, fight Figueredo, fight Brandon Moreno, fight this amazing new crop of flyweights. Um, he's got decent competition over there in um, in one, but with respect to all those guys, it's just not compared to the division that the UFC has built up 
125. It's so, so good. So, I mean, that would be my dream pick. Um, but again, he's never made any indication. He's, he's never, like, he's a, Demetrius Johnson has never said he hates the UFC. He's just, you know, made no indication that he's been unhappy since moving to one. If anything, he sounded very happy since moving to one. Uh, and in all, in all, you know, reality, it's, he stays there. He finished his career there. Um, but I would love to see that happen. Looking at everyone else, uh, PFL, I think who's gone the other way. Um, what was the Phil, Philip Linz did it. He went from PFL to the UFC. Uh, but PFL is certainly possible. I could see like what? Bruno Capolo. Is this a current? Oh, current, current. Uh, who is our PFL? Uh, Olivia Open Mercier is not going back. Brendan Lockney would be hilarious. I would love to see that. You know that what? I, 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 I'm speculating so much. I'm going. I'm going by. I'm going by. Yeah, that's a pretty wide range of champions. Bellator PFL won by close of 2023. One of them. Yes, I will go by. I will go by. That's a wide range. Okay. So a current champ. So it could be Pacheco, Lochnane, Auntie Jelijah, OAM, Sadabusai, Rob Wilkinson. And then for one, there's Buhler, Malkin, RDR, Christian Lee, Tankai, DJ, Jared Brooks. That would be – Jared Brooks would be an interesting one. Sung Jing Nan, Angela Lee – don't see it. Bellator, Bader, Nemkov, Eblin, Amosov, Storley, Usman, Patricio, Pettis, Stott, Cyborg, Carmouche. I'm so torn. But I have to go with math. I got to go with the numbers game again. So I will buy this. But again, this is a this is just straight... I have a bunch of options to choose from mm-hmm. and I feel like one of the PFL champs could probably sneak in there with like just a normal, well, I don't know why they would do that though, to be honest. I'm changing my mind. I'm selling this. It's not Whoa. happening. Not happening. So many, so many potential names, Mike. So many nope. potential names. There's certain times math comes into play here, but I think with kind of all the uncertainty going on at the UFC right now, I think it's going to, at least for a little while, I think it's um, for some of these other established names and these other promotions, I don't think it's going to be just as easy as getting a call from one of the UFC matchmakers to say, yes, my dream is to fight there. I think there, there might be a, I think it might be a little tougher in 2023 if we're being honest. So I'll say you you can almost rule out Bellator, right? Who was the last Bellator champion to go over to the UFC? It's not a frequent. It's not a frequent thing, is it? Was it Will? Was it Will Brooks? Was he the it last would like, one? It would have, to, or I guess Ch- uh, Chandler, Chandler, Chandler. But he wasn't the current that? champion, though. Oh, you're saying current? Yeah, no. I, I'm just looking at like really any former champion going to the UFC, and it's like even that's yeah. not a long list. It's really not a long list of people. So yeah, I mean, you, they're they're good. Bellator is good at retaining their champions. I mean, that is one thing they do. They do retain them. So um, yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm, I'm looking at the math wrong. You maybe can kind of rule out Bellator, but I don't know. Predicting some kind of weirdness. So I'll, I'll stay on the opposite side of the fence here. Another just fantastic question, though. All right, we'll take like two more because I want to mm-hmm. get to the other stuff. Oh right, we got to give our. Oh gosh, I'd rather just keep doing these. <laughs> <laughs> Buy or sell, Patty. Wow. All right. So I I saw a couple different questions. One Mm -hmm. was maybe we could just combine them here. Um, 
Patty Pimble gets a knock. We'll go with this one. Patty Pimble gets knocked unconscious in a UFC fight in 2023. The other question mm-hmm. I saw was Patty Pimble will have a losing record in 20 or Patty. The, the question was Patty Pimble will have a winning record in 2023. So, um, buy or gets knocked unconscious in a UFC fight in 2023. AK. Uh, sell, sell. He's really, he's again, he's got, he's got that young man's chin. He's really tough to knock out. I, I think anyone who's watched this fight seen like, he gets he gets hit pretty hard, <laughs> and uh, uh, I, one I think is a good chin. I think his defense is it's not great, obviously, because he gets hit quite a bit. But um, it's good enough, good enough to avoid getting knocked out. This definitely depends on who you think he's getting matched up with. There's definitely some people in the top ten that, if God forbid, they threw him in there with them, would probably knock him into another country. Uh, but for now, I think they're still going to play it pretty smart with him. And even if they put him in there with a heavy hitter, um, not someone who's like guaranteed to land that that uh, kill shot, as it were. So uh, d- d- pretty easy sell for me, Mike. I don't think he gets straight up KO'd. T- this, by the way, rules out TKO as well. TKO early stoppage. I, I am looking at this as a straight up knockout. Like we're talking like yeah. like Humpty, Humpty Dumpty fall. You know what I mean? Like ass face down, ass up in the air, or or spread eagle on the ground, whatever, slumped against the cage. Like really nasty highlight real stuff. I know a lot of people want to see it. Not, not yet. I don't think it's happening. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Even if like, even if he, they, they make the fight with Ilya, I think Ilya stops him, but I don't think he knocks him dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll sell this. The other question was, will he have a winning record? I'm selling that. I think because one and one is not a, is not a winning record. So even if he oh, wins the fight, yeah. loses the fight, it's not a winning record. So yeah. I will sell. I will sell that he does not have a winning year in 2023. Yeah, I'll, I'll I will sell the winning years. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree. I could see him either having some bad luck again, you know, going up considerably in competition and finally running to guys that he just can't beat and going like one and two, or as you said, one and one. Um, you know, the, you know, not which technically not a winning record, but yeah, I can't see him going two and one, three and zero oh in uh, in 2023. But who knows? He's been pretty pretty good so far. Have we had a Conor McGregor question yet? No, thank goodness. Is it coming? Oh, there. Oh, okay. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, buy or sell Conor McGregor's next fight will either be International Fight Week or at MSG. I mean, is this even a 2023 question? Does this assume he fights in? This is a 2020. Like this assumes in 2023, right? Yeah. It has I don't to know. Listen, I, I'm going to get more into this later, but like. I'm not making – I don't want to make any predictions for Conor McGregor or John Jones until I'm convinced that they're in a training camp actually preparing for a fight because, I mean, Conor's a whole other thing. Conor's just got this whole other level of like celebrity where you just – you wonder does he even care about fighting anymore. He talks about it as much as Dylan Dennis and fights about it as often as Dylan Dennis. So um, at, w- at what point do we stop like analyzing these questions with any sort of seriousness, with any sort of actual critical thinking? Um I'm just going to go sell. I'm just going to go sell. I don't think he fights. I don't even know if he's going to fight this year. And to um, whatever his schedule is, I don't know if it's going to fall conveniently into International Fight Week or the Madison Square Garden cards. So um, that's a, that's a sell for me. Just no. I don't, I don't even want to think about it. It's crazy to think about that. I even had to ask that question. Like, do we even have we even answered a Connor question? Because all the years we've done this, even when he was out, there were like a million Connor questions. Yeah, this is a good sign. We're trending in the right direction. But I will buy. I will buy this because they're not just gonna like chuck him on like some rando card. Like he's, it's gonna be one of these 
too, I think. Um, Moncton. Moncton. Bring Connor to Moncton. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it's Jupiter. Jupiter, Florida. UFC Jupiter. Connor McGregor yes. headlines. Send him to another planet. <laughs> I think I, I think this is a very big year for the UFC, especially with the way it started. They need to deliver something memorable. And Connor is a big part of those plans. So I will buy this. See, and he will fight on either of these two cards. See, but that's Next. why I think this year they're even less inclined to bring in the Connor McGregor's and the John Joneses. These super How about this? super unreliable guys. Like these are the last guys I'd be relying on to help you know bounce back give us a bounce back from bad pr how about this i say he fights on both cards in 2023 whoa super buy a super buy a super we've never buy. had that we've never had that before mike you can't just do you it's can't a, you can't invent that you can't invent a super buy on the spot because by all indications as well he's only got two fights left on his deal and if he comes back he's just gonna want to domino those just boom wow. boom get on out Go fight Jake Paul, go to PFL, go box Nate, go fight Nate on your own and make all the books, all, all the moolah. This would, be, this would be interesting. I'm not confident in that pick at all, but I think if he fights on one, he fights on the other. My best friend, that is a prediction. That's a buy. And this is a, this is probably your favorite question right here. John Jones and Connor fight three or more times combined in 2023. I have to buy this now because I super bought. I didn't know this question. This is the listen. Yeah, we have a new winner of the easiest sell of this of this year. (laughs) This is easier than the Dylan Dennis. Dylan Dennis might fall ass backwards in some random like uh, combat jujitsu thing. All right, by accident, like he might show up and then just like throw him in for some exhibition fight. You know, Uh, this is three. Sorry, can I see the question? Three, three or more times combined. (laughs) Get the hell out! Get the hell out of here! Get the hell out of here. No, it's I have to buy this now. I have That's, to. Now you have to because you think John Jones will Damn fight it. and you think Connor will fight twice. So you're you're pot committed, my friend. You have, you accidentally yeah, you, you super bought so hard, you accidentally invested in something else without even realizing it. Um it's easy sell for me. There's no there's no way. There's yeah, I'm not I even only convinced got, both these guys fight once each. Uh I think maybe one of them will fight. I don't know. Easy sell. I got like 32 big blinds left, so I have to push them. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm pot committed. Let's go. Uh, do we have anything else, or are we ready for the UFC championship predictions? Uh, I think we can move on to the predictions. Okay. All right. Great job. Well, thank you, Casey. Again, great job. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, Casey. Thank you. It's so much better that way. How did we not think of this before? And thank you to all the listeners, by the way. So oh, now, yeah, AK, because those questions were those those probably the best crop we've ever gotten. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Let's go UFC champions. We'll start with the ladies. Ladies first. Who will be the UFC Women's Strawway Champion at the end of 2023, AK? Let me just let you guys know, my, my Women's Champ UFC picks are going to be super boring. Uh, so start off right away, Zhang Weili. I think she's, I'm a believer that it's the time is right for her to have this dominant run. Um, yeah, Rose, listen, she has to fight Rose again. 
Uh, Rose getting a title shot whenever Rose decides to come back. She has two wins over Zhang Weili. Fine. More, more than deserved. But I think this version of Zhang beats whatever version of Rose shows up for their next fight. She got her with the head kick in that first fight. And look, I'm not, it's not, not a fluke in any way. Rose, the better fighter that night. The second fight, super close. Whether you thought Rose won, whether you thought Zhang won, there's no question that you could believe that Zhang could beat her. It was a very, very, very close fight. Um, and then obviously Zhang's performances since have only reinforced what a powerful strawweight she is and what a, what a truly dominant champion she could be. And I think she is going to go that run for as long as she wants to stay at 115. Um, so I like I like her winning the Rose rematch, getting another sneaking another title defense in there, and uh, again maybe putting together like a, a, a GSP like second run because let's not forget GSP his first title fight uh, defense lost to uh, you know Matt Sarah and then went on to become the greatest of all time. I think Zhang could could do a similar thing and become put together one of the greatest runs by a, a women's champion in, in MMA history. I'm going with Zhang Wei Li as well. I don't know if she fights Rose. Maybe she fights Rose again. I'm not sure. Because, again, we don't know what Rose is going to do. Rose has teased a possible move to 125. We don't know how many fights Rose just has left in her. There, she has, like, an in-out relationship with, with MMA. She's she's told me that she wants to do a lot more grappling competitions. So not really sure what's going to happen there. She wanted to lift a lot of weights, change her frame a little bit. Who knows what that means? I mean, there's Amanda Lemos there. Always the Jessica Andrade fight, which I would love to see again since the first one just it wasn't never really got going. Zhang just kind of trucked her. Um, so I'm going with Zhang Weili. I think those two losses to Rose were so crucial for her, and I think she's turned that corner. And she was super good anyways, but I think now she's really turned the corner into being soon in that conversation of maybe she's the greatest straw weight of all time. It's not a two-horse race. She enters that conversation as well. Probably won't be in that conversation by the end of this year, but at least she's on that road to possibly like 2024. I think she's also not the most active fighter on the planet. So I think she'll fight twice and win both of her fights. Still the champion. Women's flyweight, I assume we're on the same page here. Another friends forever. Is it Valentina or are you going somewhere else? A big time friends forever. It's definitely Valentina. I mean, I just mentioned Zhang potentially going on a historic title run. Um, uh, Valentina is in the middle of a historic title run. And I don't know if people, I mean, I would, I would assume she definitely realizes like she's close to breaking the record. Uh, the record is what? Uh, Mighty Mouse uh, 10 or 11? It's a record. What, what's the record? 11. 11. Mighty 11. Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. So she has four, four consecutive. And I believe she's going to be there as long as she wants to. Um, I know everyone's saying, well, maybe she goes up to 135 and, um, uh, you know, and goes for a champ champ or, and then which never would result in her probably abandoning the 125 division. I, I don't know if, one, I don't know if that fight, uh, the third fight with Nuna is ever happening. We talk about it a lot, but it ne- it's really feels like it's just not something that um, the UFC is pushing towards. And again, the second fight was terrible. I understand why. Uh, and there's still fresh blood at 125. We've mentioned this on many, many, many shows. Aaron Blanchfield, Casey O'Neill. Um, I know I'm just I'm forgetting another. Uh, uh, Manel Fioro. She has challengers. She has challengers who people are interested in. Um, now, could some of these fighters eventually beat her? Sure. I know people think Aaron Blanchfield is champion, you know, uh, waiting to happen. But she, I don't think she's at that level yet. A Tyler Santos rematch has to happen as well. I would favor Valentina in that rematch. She could go for the record. 
Uh, imagine her putting the like the next couple of years putting together twelve consecutive title defenses. Hard to do. Hard to do. Again, everyone loses. Uh, you know, Demetrius Johnson. He didn't just vacate the title. You know, he lost a really close decision to Cejudo. Maybe that happens to Valentina down the road. As uh, again, this flyweight division has fresh contenders, and eventually someone's not going to miss and is, is going to have that night. Talos Santos almost did, but if we're talking just this year. Valentina, stay at one twenty-five. Keep casting checks. Keep racking up title defenses. Should be the champ uh, this time when we're talking uh, in 12 months. Valentina Shevchenko is the correct answer. <laughs> and she will also be the correct answer. This And I'm going to make a bold bull prediction right now. This is not the Muy Caliente prediction. This will be the last year Valentina is the name on that list. Hmm. Because... She is going to be the Bantamweight champion at the end of the year as well, AK. I went for this. I went down this road last year. I didn't get the opportunity to see this come to fruition because the UFC didn't book Nuna Shevchenko for whatever reason. But they, I, I kind of feel like you have to do it now. You have to. Because I just don't know how many... I just don't know how much more Nunes has left. And who else is she going to fight? Like, I feel like you have to do it now. So... I'm going Shevchenko double champ at the end of the year. And who knows? I, I, oh. I think she probably will drop the flyweight belt and just be like, all right, I'm, I'm a 35 er now. Like bring it on. But I think she'll, I think they, they, I think this year they have to put this fight together. They have to do it. And I'm picking Shevchenko to beat him in a Nunes. So I'm going with it again. I didn't get my chance to cash this in last year, but I'm going to try again. Shevchenko flyweight, Shevchenko bantamweight. Damn, uh, I, like I said, I, I don't know if they do that fight or if she even needs to go up. There's just there's just good fights for at 125. So I'm sticking with Amanda Nunez. Uh, my only, I think I've, we've said this with previous predictions. The only caveat would be is if Amanda says, "Listen, I've done enough. I'm walking away. I'm vacating the title," and then we end up with like Ketlin Vieira or Holly Holm or something as a champion at the end of the year after winning a, a vacant title. And, and wouldn't the fans love that? Um, so uh, I don't, but I don't think she retired. I think she defends the uh, Bantamweight title one time, enjoys the money that comes with that one title defense, chills out for another year, and then retirement 2024 or even later. But I'm done. I'm done predicting Nunes retirement. Not saying it can't happen, but I think I've, I've, I've suggested it a few times, uh, both in 2021 and 2020. Uh, so enough of that. Uh, maybe maybe this will be the year. I don't predict it and it happens, but whatever. I'm playing it safe. She's a champ by the end. I'm going Amanda Nunes, still the featherweight champion, because I don't think I she will have retired yet. Didn't even but, include this on my list. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to the men. We'll start at 125 pounds. The belt is on the line. Unification belt, Davis and Figueredo, Brandon Moreno. Part four, the tetralogy is on. Will either of those men, AK, be champion at the end of the year? Yeah, look at the name I put down here. And I'm not going to lie, first of all, I may have done this for the fans. But before I say what it is, I, let me preface it by saying uh, I do think there's a chance Davidson moves up to 135. So that kind of removes him from the equation for me, even if he beats Brandon Moreno. He's going to vacate. Maybe vacate and go up. It's a tough weight cut. It's a tough weight cut. Bantamweight's a fun division. He'd love to get in there and mix it up. Then So then that keeps Brandon at 125. I don't think he's moving. He might, I don't know, he could in the future, but I'm pretty sure he stays at 125 and, you know, has to fight for a vacant title. Has to fight. It's a deep division. I don't know if Brandon necessarily 
beats everyone else in that division. It's just so tough. There's five or six names. You throw them in there, depending on the matchup, depending on the night. I would I, I would pick them to to potentially be champion. Manel Cops in there. People know I'm not the biggest Manel Cop fan. I don't know. On the right night, you throw him in there with Brandon Moreno. It's not crazy to me that he could beat Brandon Moreno and become a champion or interim champion or win a vacant belt. So I went a little weird here, Mike. I went a little funny. I'm a little funny. I've been fighting this. Like I've been fighting this for a long time because saying it makes me uncomfortable. Oh, but he's on a he's on a good run. He's on a good run. I think if we can just wow. get his fights, get these fights to stay together, we might see Brandon Royval be the champion by the end of the year somehow. Wow. And that means that 2023, it could be the year <laughs> of the raw dog. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's, That's incredible. All That's all I have to say, Mike. Go ahead. <laughs> I love your answer so much, and I weighed this out, and I almost did the exact same thing. The problem is I just – the way I think January 21st plays out will be kind of a roadblock for him because I think Brandon Moreno is going to win that fight, and I think Brandon will probably fight once more against somebody, and I think he'll avoid like the Amir Albazis of the world because I think that's probably really one of the more dangerous matchups for him stylistically. So in the end, I'm sticking with Brandon Moreno to end the year as the champion. But boy, oh boy, is that a really tough pick. And I just don't know if they'll go to the Moreno-Roy Val fight that quickly. So Moreno figured just going to beat the hell out of each other. So he's not fighting three times this year. So I'm going with Brandon Moreno to, to be the champion. And let me add, let me add, I think in the last year's bowl predictions, I picked Pantoja. So I maybe I just didn't want to pick Pantoja in back-to-back years, but I also think there's a definite possibility that guy finally gets his title shot and, and wins it. Yeah. So, uh, but officially, year of the raw dog. I'm not going back from it. I'm not, I, I may have, maybe, maybe I was just early on Pantoja and maybe I should have stuck with it, uh, but I'm just going to change my answer. It's, more, it's just more fun. It's more fun to say it. The men's divisions, like you can make a case that all that there will not be a current champion being – still champion at the end of this year. And that leads us to the Bantamweight division, AK. This could be really, really interesting. Flyweight is interesting. We've got Mateus Nicolau is in that conversation as well. If he gets re-signed, there's lots of options at 125. There are a ton of options at 135 as well. Currently, the champion is Aljamain Sterling. He does not have his next title defense booked. Seems like they're heading towards the Henry Cejudo path, which you know I love so much. There's Sean O'Malley. There's other names as well. Who will be the guy at 135, in your opinion? I'm sticking with Aljo holding on to it and maybe only fighting once in 2023, like one title defense. Um, I just got this weird feeling, even if the Cejudo matchup happens, the MMA gods will justifiably laugh at it and uh, make something happen so that fight doesn't come around. Either uh, you know some sort of you know injury to Sterling, injury to Cejudo, some sort of illness, just some reason that fight doesn't happen. I don't care for it um if it happens it's certainly interesting but you know him getting in uh, Cejudo getting an immediate title shot is just so uh, uninteresting to me um despite the fact that i in cage i get it it's a cool it's a cool thought but man even for someone who calls belts props i need a little more i need a little more convincing than that that to give Cejudo another shot so but whether that happens or not i i do feel like uh aljo will have a successful defense whether against it's against Cejudo whether it's against O'Malley, whether it's against, I don't know, someone else who sneaks in there, um, the winner of the, the, the Sanhagen um, uh, uh, Cheeto matchup. I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, that, that fight happens instead. I just have a weird feeling that Aljo doesn't end up fighting more than once in 2023. 
And when it, whoever he fights, he is going to beat them. And then we just get that that one title defense. So sorry, guys, not the most exciting answer. I love Bantamweight. I would love to see Bantamweight keep moving. I'd love to see the top of it keep moving. Um, but I just have a feeling at the top, it's going to be a little bit of weirdness, a little stagnation. Uh, so that's going to be good for Aljo. He'll still be the champ. Not so great for us as fans as we, we might not get to see a new champ. Weirdness indeed, AK. That's what I'm going with. And this will not be a friends forever moment. And not for the reason you think. Aljamain Sterling will not be the Bantamweight champion at the end of the year. However, he will also not lose that title on his own. Well, technically he will on his own accord, but it won't be in a fight. Mm-hmm. Aljamain Sterling will probably fight Henry Cejudo. I'm picking Aljamain Sterling to beat Henry Cejudo. He will stick around a Bantamweight to fight Sean O'Malley because he'd be a lunatic if he did not do that and try to get that big bag because that's the biggest fight for him at 135. I will pick him to beat Sean O'Malley. And then when he gets the microphone and Joe Rogan speaking with him, he's going to say, I am out of this division. I am moving up to 145. See you later. I'm no longer the champ. My boy Marab, he's going to get his shot. But Marab will not get his shot because at the end of the year, Marlon Vera will fight somebody and end the year as the Bantamweight champion of the UFC. I'm going with Cheeto Vera winning the vacant title at the end of 2023 against, maybe they just do O'Malley again. Maybe O'Malley gets two title shots in 2023. But that's what I'm going with. That would be fun. That's a much more more fun outcome than I picked, Mike. I'd, I'd love to see your scenario play out. Featherweight, I feel, is pretty easy. But this was actually tougher because... If Volkanovski beats Islam Makachev, I tr- I don't think he's fighting at featherweight anymore because it makes no sense for him to do that. You drop that belt, you just fight the Poiriers and the Chandlers and the Connors and all the big stars at 55. But I don't think he's going to beat Islam Makachev. I think he's going to be super competitive. He's going to give a really tough fight. And then Volk will have to go back to 145. And I just don't see anybody at 145 beating him right now that realistically will get into the octagon with him this year, whether it's Josh Emmett or Yair or any guy that's kind of in the quote unquote title hunt right now. So I'll go with Volkanovsky, but if he beats Makachev, then I'm going to be wrong about this. I think your thoughts. Well, I'll say I am leaning towards Volkanovsky, not being a featherweight by the end of the year. So I do think we will, we will have to see a new champion Good crop of fighters here. A lot of directions you could go in, as you kind of just alluded to, Mike. And I landed on Yair. I think we might see Yair uh, win the interim title and then, you know, uh, become either gets promoted or wins a fight. Yeah, well, I mean, I have to get promoted because I don't think he's fighting Volkanovski and beating him. So that title gets promoted to the undisputed title by the end of the year. And uh, El Pantera finally kind of fulfills his destiny as this, you know, everyone's kind of seen him as this world title contender. He's either fallen short in good fights or just weirdness has happened with matchmaking and just not being able to get in the cage. But this could be the moment. This could be his moment in 2023. So um, I'm not saying he's going to beat Volkanovski. I do think Volkanovski vacates the title. And um, yes, and, and yeah, years uh, after he wins the interim belts, eventually is promoted to undisputed status and stays that way until uh next january so by this pick are you saying that alexander volkanovsky will be the lightweight champion ak yes i am wow i love it alexander volkanovsky i think he beats makachev 
I don't know if he even defends. It might be, again, this might be a one. Uh, it sucks to say, but this happens these days in the UFC. It might just be a one title fight for Volkanovski this year, uh, which is why he'll vacate the featherweight title. He'll be like, listen, I don't know if I'm fighting again this year, so it was not fair for me I'm, And I, to, if I'm not going back to 145 this year. So it's definitely getting vacated. I do think he beats him. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I think... The track record, Mike, of of, uh, of fighters going up is pretty good, right? I mean, all the champ champ. I'm looking, I was looking at all the people who have become champ champs, and again, these are just the ones who succeeded. So, uh, if I'm missing anyone that that missed, obviously, I, uh, you have to take those into account. Uh, Randy Couture, who was the heavyweight champion first, and then went down to light heavyweight, and then went back to heavyweight, but either way, didn't have issues going, you know, winning titles a higher weight class. BJ Penn, he won the welterweight title first, but he had contended for the lightweight title before, just didn't get it. It was a, a it was a draw anyway. So, but either way, won a welterweight title uh, for a guy who was a career lightweight and later a featherweight. Conor McGregor, obviously, GSP uh, went up to middleweight. Cormier had competed at heavyweight, but won the title first at light heavy before um, becoming heavyweight champion. Uh, Amanda Nunes. You know, obviously, listen, whatever you want to say about featherweight division, she does compete at a higher division. And uh, and then our, we just mentioned Cejudo, who uh, went back up to bantamweight to become two divisions. So pretty decent. Going the other way, not as great. Hasn't gone as great for some fighters. Um, but going up, it's been okay. Uh, now, has any of them face as formidable a challenge as Islam Makachev is looking right now? I don't know. But I like Volkanovski's chances. I just think on paper, it's, it's – it's you know, a lot of people have good reasons why Volkanovski can win. And I'm buying into all those. And again, whether he defends the lightweight title or not, I don't know if he does defend it for the end of the year. I think he wins this fight. Um, and then hopefully he can get in there. It is it is early in the year. Hopefully he can get in there and defend. But these things happen where, where you can't. But either way, I'd pick him to beat a lot of guys in the um, the lightweight top uh, top five as well. So I'm all in, Mike. Alexander Volkanovsky. I love it. I'm going with Islam Makachev. I do think he beats Volk. I think it's a super competitive fight. I think it's a super compelling fight. And it'll be Makachev's toughest test. And I think he might fight one more time. He'll probably win. So I'll I'll stick with him to be the champion. Welterweight AK. Currently held by Leon Edwards. What a moment it was in 2022. He's expected to rematch Kamara Usman and be an underdog once again. We mentioned Jorge Mazadal. We mentioned Colby Covington. There's Bilal Muhammad. There's other names in the mix. Gilbert Burns. Maybe you said Shafkat Rachmanov will be fighting for the title sometime in 2023. So who will be your welterweight champion? My best friend, those predictions go hand in hand together. He is going to fight for a title. He is going to win a title. He is going to be the champion by the end of the year. And again, he doesn't even have to defend it because we have kind of both said if the if the math works out for him at all, it'll probably be a title shot in the third. Uh, sorry, excuse me, the fourth quarter of 2023. So we're talking about a title fight that uh, uh, that closes out the year and sends Shafkat into uh, 2024 as the new welterweight champion. So yeah, I'm sticking with what I said before, not just getting a title shot, but uh, taking it all the way. A lot of fans are going to be happy with what I'm about to say, because ladies and gentlemen, in 2024, the fight that you have been talking about for the last two years, the fight that you continue to talk about now, the fight that you have talked about nonstop since we found out Jeff Neal wasn't fighting Shafkat Rachmanov is going to happen in 2024. But it will be Shafkat Rachmanov challenging for the title against the man who will end the year as the champion. And this might be a shock to you, AK, but I'm going with it. I think 
whatever hurdles that Hamzat Shemaev needs to overcome, I think he's going to overcome them. And I think he will get a shot at the welterweight title in 2023. And if he does get that shot against anybody, he's winning it. He's winning it. And therefore, Hamza Chemaev is going to end 2023 as the welterweight champion of the world. Setting up a blockbuster with Shafkat Rachmanov sometime in 2024. So I'm going with Hamza Chemaev. I hope he doesn't Not let you down. Fully confident. Yeah. I hope he has let you down many times. And when you let down Mike Heck, you let down his best friend, AK Lee, too. So Hamzat, get your stuff together, sir, and make Mike Dream Mike Heck's predictions come true, please. Because I, we have been very high on the Hamza Shemaev uh train as far as being a future champion. And I I have now taken a step back. You have kept your faith in this happening, and and I hope it's rewarded. Let's go to middleweight, AK. A lot of people think this is a two-horse race between Alex Pereira, the current middleweight champion, and the former uh-huh. champion, Israel Adesanya. Is it going to be one of those two guys, AK? Yes. The fans are right. Izzy's going to get it back. Will he get it back from Alex Pereira? Because if, uh, if they do an immediate rematch, yes, then he just gets it back. My one, I do wonder if that rematch doesn't happen. Does someone else take it from Alex Pereira? And then Israel Adesanya beats that person. Uh, I can see that happening. And then maybe you set up a fourth, uh, f- fourth combat sports matchup with um, uh, Izzy and and uh, Pereira in 2024. But uh, yeah, I think some way or form, whether he wins uh, the, that, uh, another meeting with Pereira, finally gets a W over him, um, or uh, someone else beats Pereira and then Izzy steps in there. Either way, I feel pretty strongly about Izzy getting it back, having another reign. Uh, I don't know how long will the second reign last. Is he going to, you know, uh, make a future move, permanent move up to light heavyweight? Certainly possible. But there's unfinished business in 185, and I think Izzy knows that. Um, so I think he sticks around 2023 uh, gets his belt back. I'm curious about what, how active Izzy's going to be in 2023. I mean, this dude's been in the limelight a lot. He's been very active over the years. Fought three times in 2023. It was, uh, it was kind of an emotional one for him. For, you know, from fighting Whitaker as a tough fight, headlining international fight, we gets Jared Kinnan here, kind of got booed out of the building, had to deal with that. Pereira fight was great. He was winning and then he got knocked out. I mean, with, with how much he's risen as a superstar over these last few years and then to have a year like he had, it takes a lot out of you. So I don't know if this is going to be the kind of year where like, Izzy's coming back in March and fighting Pereira again. It could be quite a bit of time before he comes back. Having said that, I'm going with Robert Whitaker. I'm going with Robert Whitaker because I think somehow, some way, because of that, he slides in there. Maybe he gets a win beforehand, but I think Whitaker slides in there, fights Pereira, beats him. And I don't know, and I'm going to say he doesn't fight Izzy again until 2024. I think that's just, it's just a weird timing thing. That's just how it laid out. This is a tough one for me. So I think Robert Whitaker fights for the belt, wins it, and then doesn't defend it because that was the second fight of the year. That's what I'm going with. Wow. Bobby Knuckles back on top? The Knuck Man. Going with the Knuck Man. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. That'd be kind of fun. Okay. Yeah, then he gets his chance to fight Izzy one more time, and I think we already know how that fight's going to go. It'll be competitive, but Izzy will probably get his title back, and then we'll see from there. 205, AK. We don't have a champion right now. Who's it going to be? It's it's A lot of people are calling for a hot potato. Is that what's going to happen here? 
I think this guy is the best light heavyweight in the world, and he just needs to get healthy. Uh, Yuri Prochka. Yuri Prochka is going to come back. He's going to win his title back. I don't know if it's getting, who's going to have it by then. I don't know if it's going to be Glover Teixeira or, or uh, Jamal Hill or Magomed Ankalaev or whatever on the name you want to throw in there. I have a lot of faith in Yuri. Um, Yuri getting it back. I, I was probably one of the slower people to get on the Yuri bandwagon. That's probably why I'm, you know, now I'm maybe overdoing it and supporting him as, as the best tool of fiber. Um, but yeah, listen, I loved, <laughs> we, we've said so many times how much we loved uh, that fight. And I have infinite faith now in this man to win any sort of, any sort of scrap. I don't care what the style matchup is. I don't care how decorated the opponent is. I don't care how skilled the opponent is. He, he, he just has that ability to just go to war with anyone and find a way to win. How long will that, does that make you a long running champion? I don't know. He's, he might be a guy who takes quite a bit of damage in fights. That may limit his uh, his lifespan here. But um, uh, but do I think that uh, he can win it back and you know maybe get a title defense in there and have himself a, a, a an actual run as champion? I do think so. So uh, I'm going with Yuri to come back. This is a tough one for me because I'm torn between two. And I'm actually going to give both answers. And I feel like I should get credit for either one. And here's why. I'm picking Glover Teixeira to end the year's champion. Because I think he's going to beat Jamal Hill. I don't know how they're going to... I just think Yuri might try to come back a little too soon. And by the time they rebook that one, maybe we just find out he's not ready to come back. And I do think if they fight again, I do think Glover can beat him. So I'm going to just go there. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Glover. But the other option I have w- w- is none. Zero champions. Still. Because if what I say happens, like, let's say Glover wins the belt and then fights Yuri and wins again. What else does this man have to do? He'll just vacate and retire and be done. So there will, I guess my answer is it'll be no other answer but Glover Teixeira. It's either Glover or there will be no champion. We're going to start 2024 without a light heavyweight champion once again. So that's what I'm going with. Not a ton I, of confidence there. I just think the timing of this division and where we ended up last year, it's a, it's a mess, man. It's a mess. And I think Magomed Ankalaev could probably be the guy. I just don't think he's in the good graces of the UFC right now. And I think his road to getting back to a title shot is going to be a really long one after that last fight. I almost did that for featherweight, uh, going no champion. I had a weird feeling of Volkanovski vacates and then just bizarre things happening where, like, the, we, we get, you know, the championship fight doesn't have a proper result or that fights fall through that is supposed to establish a new champion. I almost went that way with featherweight, Mike. So I will definitely, you will definitely deserve credit whether it's Glover or Glover wins and then vacates. I think, I, I think that's fair. I think we can make that ruling now. AK heavyweight. Who's going to be the heavyweight champion at the end of the year? You know I want to say Jelton Almeida. You know I want to. But it's too soon. It's too soon. That's a 2024 prediction. I, I want to say it because let me tell you something. Whenever he fights for a title, I don't care who Jelton Almeida fights. That dude is winning the, a world title uh, in the UFC. Okay, That dude is winning a UFC title. I don't know if it's a heavyweight. I don't know if it's a light heavyweight. I will pick him to beat anyone in either of those divisions. I'm so sold on Jelton Almeida. Uh, it just, you know, we just need that step up in competition. And that's fine. People need to see it. I totally get it. So then you have what? Uh, Francis Ngannou, Cito Gan, John Jones, Stipe. <sighs> Certainly some other names in there. You got Sergey Pavlovich coming on through. I just, 
I'm not ready to 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 put any faith in. I don't know the situation with Ngannou getting resolved. Like I said, John Jones even fighting this year. Um, Stipe, like we said, is he going to get the matchup he wants? That's going to convince him to come back. Is, is, is he's essentially is he kind of quasi retired? I think somehow this opens the door. I, I haven't drawn up an exact map. This man's finally going to get the fights that he wants, and he's finally going to be a UFC champion. And he's gonna and it's gonna still be that by the end of the year. It's time for Curtis Blades. It's time for Curtis Blades. I don't know what the map is. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know whether he fights Stipe. I don't know if John Jones actually does come back. And I don't know if John Jones beats Nganu and then Curtis Blades beats John Jones. I don't know what the map is. I, I don't know. It's it's heavyweight is. We've said it's slow. It's also so, so, so unpredictable. I will say I'm confident with uh, Blades beating uh, Pavlovich. I think he can do that. Um, I'm have uh, Alexander Romanov, some of his other names coming up. As long as he doesn't get matched up with Jelton Almeida, I like his chances a lot. I like his chances uh, against against Sidogan. Ngannou is the only one who I feel like, again, we've already seen him lose that fight twice. And, and I'm not saying he can't win a third one, but I'm not convinced that he I would favor him against Ngannou. And John Jones might be a good... At heavyweight, might be a good matchup for him too. We don't know. We don't know what John Jones looks like at heavyweight. So, and again, I don't even think John Jones is fighting. So you can take him out of there. And I'd like Blades against uh, Miocic. So just doing that, like thinking that all these fights that he could win, I think it happens for him. I, 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 Curtis Blades, sir, I am rooting for you to get this title shot. And if you do, I think you pull it off. And uh, I think we could both be celebrating a, uh, your victory by the end of the year. I'm invoking the chaos clause again, AK. Uh-huh, get uh-huh. ready for this. The correct answer is John Jones. John Jones is going to fight Francis Ngannou. It's going to be a very close fight. And a lot of people are going to feel like Francis won. And then the judges are going to score for John Jones. He becomes the heavyweight champion. Everyone's going to be clamoring for a rematch to put these two guys together. And then it's just going to take months and months and months of negotiations. And John's going to want more money. And well, if I fight this guy again, you got to pay me more. It's huge blockbuster. If you really feel like I got, it was a robbery, then you got to pay us more because it's even bigger. And I don't think the UFC is going to give him what he wants. So he will fight once, win a very close controversial decision. And then we will be clamoring for part two. It will not happen. The UFC will institute a interim title involving France and Ghana and somebody else. And John will do as I predicted at some point during 2023. He will go on Twitter and he will announce his retirement from the sport, but not actually retire. And the hope will be that John Jones fights again in 2024. But that's what I'm saying. John fights once. And it's going to be the prettiest thing we've ever seen. It's going to be a controversial decision. But in the end, John will end the year as the heavyweight cha- as the undisputed heavyweight champion. Potentially, an interim title will be de- will be put on the line at some point involving Francis and somebody else. But I think this I, I think we're looking at this John Jones thing with rose colored glasses like this is just going to be a perfect thing that's going to happen where we get this big blockbuster fight. It's going to go exactly the way we think it's going to go. But if 2023 and how it started is any indication, I'm just going to, I'm going with the, I'm invoking the chaos clause once again, John Jones, but it ain't going to be pretty. Mike, that was an incredible full circling from the top of our buy sell predictions to the end of our, because that was one of our first questions, right? The John Jones like retirement or if he retires. Yeah. Did you do that? How did you do that? Did you and Casey plan that? Did you guys do that? No. That's incredible. That's yeah, incredible. It worked out great. That's why, you're the, that's why you're the best in the business. That was amazing. Wow. What a way to bring that those two sections together. Incredible stuff. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like I'm a Mr. Rogers neighborhood right now. <laughs> so 
It is now time to close the show with our bold prediction of the year. And AK, you and I were talking about this on our Slack channel earlier this morning. With the way this year has already begun, it's almost it's it's almost impossible to come up with like the right bold prediction because this isn't just like this is just something that could happen. It's something that like it would be like a oh wow moment if it happened, and we'd look like the geniuses of MMA if this actually happened. Like we have to think outside the box. We have to do something a little crazy here. And this year has been freaking crazy already, and we're barely a week into it. So. What is your 2023 We Caliente bold prediction? And for those who forgot what you said last year, your bold prediction was that Hamzat Shemaev would lose a fight. That did not happen. What is it going to be this year? Oh, that was it. That wasn't very. That was that wasn't very bold. This is. Uh, I'm going bold this time. I'm going super bold this time, Mike. Because oh man, like it was. It was a little tricky. It was a little tricky coming up with something here. Uh, listen, people. To some degree, Mike, I I owe. Not an apology, but I I I got a little over enthusiastic about the possibility of um, Charles Oliveira having you know a, continuing his dominant reign by beating Islam Makachev and bringing Khabib Nurmagomedov out of retirement. That was a that was a drum I had been beating for many 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 months, probably since uh, since Charles like when he won when he beat Tony Ferguson. I think I was saying I need to see him fight Khabib someday. And then as events unfolded for both fighters, I was like, well, Habib's retiring, but you know what? I think he's going to come back. He's going to fight Charles. So I got a little crazy. And I'm on video with saying I thought Charles was going to beat him. And when they finally got matched up with Islam, that he, that Charles was going to beat Islam and, and fulfill that last part that convinces Habib to come back, to, to avenge his boy and fight Charles in, in 2023. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Charles lost. Islam's the man. But Mike, I did just predict that I think Alexander Volkanovsky is going to beat Islam Makachev. So maybe oh I was just God. a little bit early. Maybe I was a little bit early, and maybe I had the <laughs> wrong. I had the wrong name in this equation, because I do think Volkanovsky is going to beat Islam. And now we've had all this talk recently. <laughs> oh, Habib, this this smoke. I've seen a lot of smoke about Habib stepping away. He doesn't want to. Co- he's not going to coach. Obviously, this whole Eagle FC thing kind of want to fun- went kind of funny. So he's stepping away from from managing that. He's putting that in the hands of some other people that he trusts, and he's going to step away from the MMA picture. But that's a trick, Mike. He stepped me away to get back into training, to get back into fight shape. Do you see? Not, not, not because he expects Islam to lose, just, just for fun, just in the back of his mind. It's kind of like, I just want to train, get back into shape. But then when Islam loses, that, that will be the last spark that has him go, oh, well, I have to come back now. I got to take a shot. I got to prove that I can still come back and take the tell anytime I want. And this fight will happen. Finally, Mike, the UFC will get their Dallas – Cowboys Stadium Show, headlined by Alex Volkanovsky defending his title against Khabib Nurmagomedov. That is your bold prediction. You get the lightweight title fight to end all lightweight title fights. And because I said Volkanovsky will end the year as lightweight champion, he will hand Khabib Nurmagomedov his first and only loss before Khabib retires again. That's it. I'm going wow. super, super bold this year. Let's go. Dude, that was... <laughs> Super bold. I, I love I loved how you ran through that whole thing and I was already stunned. And then you had a <laughs> and and there was an and on top of that. There's another uh-huh. thing added to it. Wow. Uh-huh. Mine is bold, but I don't I mean it's nowhere near as bold as this one in, in, in the grand scheme of things. <sighs> I need you to listen to me when I say this. 
Okay. Listen to the first thing I'm about to say, and then it's all gonna, it's a journey. Okay. My bull prediction is that Bellator MMA will be no more at the end of 2023. As being rumored, Bellator is on the market, so to speak. I've heard rumblings of the same. I think by the end of this year, somebody will come through and they will purchase Bellator and they will be under new ownership and they will carry on and we will have Bellator MMA shows through 2023. But before this year ends, it will be known with some kind of announcement before the end of the year that Bellator MMA will not be Bellator MMA anymore, that finally it will be a new name. I don't think it'll be Shaheen Alshadi's Showtime MMA, but I think heading into 2024, Bellator, with the momentum that they will garner, not just from the news of the sale and because of some of the cool things they're going to do, and I think they ended 2022 with a lot of momentum, I think somebody will come through and they will purchase this promotion and things will run. They will get the fresh coat of paint that it needs, including getting rid of the Bellator MMA name. Same promotion, same fighters, new look, new name, new everything. Bellator MMA will still be a promotion. In theory, we'll remember it as the old Bellator MMA, but it'll just be named something different and cool and more sensical by this new ownership ability, by this new ownership. So that's what I'm going with. I think Bellator will be sold, and then by the end of the year, we will know that it will be called something different. That's what I'm going with. Bellator MMA is dead. Long live Bellator MMA. Is that what you're saying? Long, or whatever the new name, long live whatever the name change. But the spirit of Bellator MMA will live on with a fresh of coat of paint, with a yep. rebranding, with Scott Coker, with a new name. I like it. I like it. Uh, I, I say it, and I say this as someone who has never had issue with the Bellator name. I understand why people do, but I'm just tired of all the XFC and LFA and UFC. But sure, listen, this is it's a. There's a reason these uh, these initials work in combat sports, um, and it's effective. It's fine. So they try to do something different. A lot of people don't like the name. I understand. It's it's never quite caught on. It's never quite hit in the way that they wanted to as like this big alternative to again, yeah, the t- the usual you know initials, three initials, four initials, whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm not I'm not against a new name. I've always liked Bellator, but yes, a rebranding might help, especially with kind of what we've always said in the past. Just people always kind of viewing it. I don't know, in a certain way, as like inferior to the UFC. And, you know, I've, I've felt that they've done a good job of kind of striking out in their own way. But every time they bring in an ex-UFC guy, you're going to draw those comparisons. Um, maybe that'll continue to be part of their plan going forward, even with a new name. Who knows? But a new name can't hurt and, and a new, maybe a slightly, slightly new direction. Yeah, fresh coat of paint. I think, like I said, I think they have a lot of momentum right now. I think the end of the year, great. I think 2023 is going to be a very good year for them. But I also think that, we got to mix things up a little bit. We got to shake it up a little bit. And I think that's, what's going to happen here. So, um, but we'll see, we'll see if the sale goes through the, the rumored sale. Um, we'll see if this is all real, but again, these are bold predictions. We're thinking outside the box here. Um, we're trying to be on our own Island, if you will. So there we go. That is the 2023 predictions extravaganza capped off with the muy caliente prediction of the year from each of us. We have, Definitely gone a lot bolder than we did last year. Last year, you said it was Shamayev wouldn't lose. I said that 
Anderson Silva would win more boxing matches than Hamzat Shemaev won MMA fights. And we're both incorrect at that pick. But <laughs> that that is that is this. We'll see. We'll check back in in December and see how we did with this uh, to kick off the two-part predictions extravaganza for 2024. Uh, back next week, AK, we're going to be putting the matchmaking crowns back on our heads following – I don't remember which one this is. I think this is UFC Vegas 67, right? Is it 67? 60, should be 67. Yes, or 66. Yeah. I, I believe we ended on 66, yeah. Uh, so I'm looking at this card right now. Calvin Gaslam, Nasruddin Imovov is the main event. Dan Ige versus Damon Jackson. Excellent co-main event. Puda Soriano, Roman Kapilov in the featured spot as of right now. Ketlin Vieira, Raquel Pennington, Umar Namagamadov, Hayoni Barcelos, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, Claudio Ribeiro, Matush Rebecki, Nick Fiore, uh, Matush Mendonca versus Javid Basharat, Alan Nascimento, Carlos Hernandez, Daniel Argueta versus Isaac Dolgarian, Jimmy Flick returning from his retirement, takes on Charles Johnson and Priscilla Cachuera versus Sajara Eubanks. That is our first offering for the year for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And AK and I will be back on the program next week on the podcast network to do the matchmaking for the winners of the main card and our wild card picks and get your picks as well. So AK, any final words before we go from the predictions realm into re-wearing the matchmaking crowns for 2023? Yeah, I just want to say, look, there, there were a lot of highs in 2022. Uh, again, I also recommend people, you know, re- please read uh, read Jed Mishu's year and reviews uh, articles that went up on MMAfighting.com this week. But we had so many highs. If you just look at sort of the best of the best of the best in 2022, it was as good as like any other year. Some of the best knockouts, best fights, best moments, best submissions, everything. Like there was, there was so much fun to be had. And following on a week-to-week basis may not have been the most thrilling experience so so to everyone all the uh, the super super hardcores out there who don't miss a fight night who tune into like one championship cards at god knows what time in the morning rising cards god knows what time in the morning watch bellator uh, every month um to have their eyes locked in those pfl standings for all the hardcores i hope you are you are richly rewarded for your dedication to um, to MMA and to combat sports in 2023, because again, at its best, combat sports is so fun. And despite some of the horrible stories that have come out recently and horrible behavior from um, from some of the some of the athletes involved, I, I still think there's so much good um, in this industry, so much good in this business. And I hope we see more of that shine through in 2023 and, and less of the ugliness. But that is. Uh, that's the hope for every year, but I think specifically in 2023, especially given recent news. So I hope everyone has a great time watching combat sports and, and, and really thank you everyone for who tuned into today's show and uh, is going to tune into uh, the rest of our programming this year and, uh, and, and uh, check out our coverage of all of the, uh, the MMA on MMAfighting.com. Yeah, this has been one heck of a show. I think we're over the two-hour mark right now. This is definitely the longest predictions extravaganza we've had, oh but gosh. we've had so much fun. The questions are just so good. That it wasn't just buy, sell, move on, buy, sell, move on. A lot of them had debate, and we appreciate that very much. We appreciate all of you guys sending in your matchmaking suggestions every single week to us and continue to do that because we'll be back with the matchmaking show coming off of UFC Vegas 67 or UFC Fight Night, Gaslam versus Imbalat. But Casey, you can hit the music. (laughs) We are done. We appreciate it. And as AK likes to say, and I agree with... 
Always remember, don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, ladies and gentlemen. And we will have more fun starting next week and throughout the year right here on On to the Next One, the podcast with myself and Alexander Kaylee. Good night, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Support for the show comes from SoFi Invest. Alternative investments are now available on SoFi. Unlock the potential to build and protect your wealth with alternatives including real estate, venture capital, pre-IPO unicorns, and more at SoFi.com Vox. Active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Alternative funds have unique risks, including the risk of loss, may charge high fees, can be illiquid, and may not be suitable for all investors. Prior to investing in any fund, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and important information contained in a fund's prospectus. Right now, businesses are facing tough choices. Do you cut costs or drive growth? Solve for today or build for tomorrow? Do you satisfy your shareholders or satisfy your customers? The answer is yes. You don't have to choose. With the intelligent platform for digital business from ServiceNow, you can say yes to unifying your existing systems and yes to accelerating growth. Visit servicenow.com to see how we can help you put yes to work. The world works with ServiceNow.